Hey everybody, welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode number 98, E3. It's finally over. We did it. We all made it. We're alive. We're here. We saw the games. There was excitement. There was disappointment. We're going to get into all of that this week. But uh, you may notice I am not Tamor, your usual host. That is because uh, pretty much none of the usual hosts are here. They are all... Uh, sleeping and recovering from E3, so I have joined with me a wonderful panel of a couple uh, familiar faces and some new faces. Thought we'd take the opportunity to get some people on. Uh, first up, I am joined by video publisher extraordinaire Ben Janka. Ben, tell me, how many videos do you think you published this week? Oh my god, I didn't come prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> Give me a number. It, it's, it's, it's definitely more than... A hundred. All right. It's like we'll wh- say that. Do Do you know what like the average amount of videos like we publish during oh, E three is? One. I'm sorry. Point, I'm throwing way too much. No, uh, no. The the last time we we did like a count like after like the whole like like the the E three like initial hit and then like the residual kind of like after that and we were all completely clear of it. It was somewhere around like five hundred on like two channels or something or three hundred. I don't remember. It was a lot. Videos happen everywhere. That's a lot. That's a lot of videos. Uh, And helping make some of those videos is Max Blumenthal, known as the Breath of the Wild expert of the GameSpot office. Max, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? I'm alive. We're alive. We're We're all pretty tired, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think think the the end blowout, I think Nintendo was, was a... At least for me personally, and actually Evan too. Obviously, we did a lot of work at the end there. But, How come? Did uh, they show everybody's... anything cool? I don't really. <laughs> what did they show? <laughs> uh, maybe a little something new. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, okay. Well, we'll get yeah. into that. I think I have somewhere that on the dock. Um, but yeah, you you mentioned uh, Evan Langer, other video boy extraordinaire uh, and resident Persona fan. Howdy, gamers. How you doing? Again, we're doing alive. We're, still. we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought when I it. when I said that, I for some reason was like saying it to the audience. I was like the audience can't respond. Oh, okay, to that. I don't know. I hope they're good. It's big same. I'm just imagining all of them listening, being like, "Howdy, Evan!" Just instinctively. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you're listening to this, no matter what you're doing, where you are, say that out loud, please, for me. And finally, we are joined by the lovely Steve Watts, uh, associate editor at GameSpot. Steve, how's it going? Hello. Hi. I'm good. How are you? I, it's occurring to me in real time how outnumbered I am by you video people. I feel a little bit uh, intimidated. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a video person. My week has looked very different from all of yours. Well, I, uh, I, I, was, <laughs> I, I reached out to a couple different editorial people, and they were all like, I'm uh, going on break early. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Uh, which is like, you know what? That's yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I appreciate all of you guys sticking around uh, for this special episode where we're going to talk about E3. But first, before we get into that, we do have to quickly do our Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Chris. So this is the segment where uh, we, uh, every time we have someone new on, we have to uh, ask who you are. Uh, in what kind of games do you like? Just give us a quick summary of, uh, you know, who you are as a person, what you do at GameSpot, what you love. Uh, let's start with you, Steve. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm Steve uh, Watts. I am an associate editor, as you mentioned. That means I do mostly 
writing and uh, QAing other people's uh, writing. Um, and occasionally like helping you guys with videos if you need something written about them. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, as for games that I like, uh, I kind of dabble in uh, a lot of things. Um, I mostly like uh, adventure games, action adventure games. Uh, I'm not a, a hugely competitive person. Uh, except for in Hearthstone, but I don't I don't get get down for a lot of like multiplayer just because uh, I'm bad at games. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't I don't like throw down. I don't have like trash talk in me. I'm just like somebody be like I'm gonna beat you. I'm like yeah okay mm -hmm. you know, probably that's fine. Um, so yeah, I I mostly stick with like single player things. I like games with uh, strong story focus stuff like that. Yeah yeah, uh, Steve is is an excellent writer. I'm sure you've seen some of his stuff around on uh gamespot.com should go check that out uh last time i like interacted with you was right before the pandemic well we were just yeah, talking about we, it. We, we were at pax together. literally days <laughs> before the pandemic we were at pax together uh and that was a fun time of everyone gathering into one building um thousands and thousands of people yeah <laughs> i i remember at the time just feeling anxious the whole weekend and... i have i have a vivid memory of of sitting in the press room with you and a couple of the other guys, like as we got the news that they were canceling other things that were happening like yes. a week later. And we were like, uh, guys, is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> Should we all leave like right now? <laughs> oh so, yeah. God. Wow. It has been a year. Um, well, moving on uh, to Max. Max, I mentioned before, you are our Breath of the Wild expert, but you also do a bunch of uh, other stuff. I feel like that's that's disingenuous to say your only, you're only one trick is Breath of the Wild. You're actually a very, very good uh, video game player. If you have ever seen uh, one of our excellent like fighting game like combo montages or that really good uh, Final Fantasy VII combo montage when that game mm. came out last year, that is Max. He is our... Uh, just our gameplay expert in the office. Yeah, thanks for fluffing me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not always that good though. Trust me. Um, but yeah, my name is Max Blumenthal. I uh, work as a video producer at Gamespot. Uh, I'm also I also go by Rin Harasaki, which is my Breath of the Wild alias, and I do a lot of Breath of the Wild work. And uh, yeah, I like FPSs, uh, action adventure games, and I also just do a lot of editing and stuff. Do you know reviews, previews, you know whatever whatnot but uh yeah i'm just just happy to be here and talk to you all about e3 fantastic well that's a perfect segue because that is what this whole show is going to be about we're not going to do our typical what we've been playing because what we've been playing is working e3 i haven't had time for video games i come home and i sleep after e3 <laughs> my favorite video game is work i love playing it Oh no! <laughs> I love Google spreadsheets. Have you heard of that one? It's it's the best. I'm really good at that Excel one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this E3 has been, I would say, an odd one. You know, they took a break last year, and now they've come back, and they're like, E3 is back, and we're we're going strong. But it was all digital this year, which I think is maybe the first time it's ever been all digital. So it was kind of a, an interesting one. Um, it was about. The, the E3 was technically four days. It was like Saturday until Tuesday, but there was also like Summer Games Fest on, on Thursday and there was uh, the Koch Media. I think that's how you pronounce that. I've said it a billion Coke, times. Maybe. Coke? Maybe Coke. Coke. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say it a different way each time. Uh, but, you know, th that stuff is E3 adjacent, um, but it kind of counts in the, in the, it's not part of E3, but it's, it's, 
for all intents and purposes, part of E3. So there's there's been a lot going on for the last week. Um, so first off, I just kind of want to get your guys' general vibes. How did you all just feel about this show overall as a whole? Uh, starting with uh, Evan, what do you think? What do you think of this E3? Um, yeah, uh, I th- I think this has been said before, but I felt like it was it was it felt kind of forced. Like it felt kind of forced to happen. Like they. They didn't do it last year and they want to keep making E3 a thing. So they did it all digital because, you know, the world isn't ready to go back to an in-person convention. So many presentations just did not feel like they needed to be there. There was stuff that was already announced. Um, I think that E3 press conferences have set a precedent over the years, right? Like there's usually big game announcements. There's always like the one more thing at the end. If you don't deliver that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the majority of people watching are going to like be disappointed because that precedent has been set. I think I think it was like Capcom was the one where it was like Resident Evil Village DLC. And like that is a cool announcement. But did you need to make a whole press conference just to have a little title card that says Resident Evil Village DLC? But, you know, I think also this has been said, but like, you know, we should they should be everyone should be working together. Right. Like there should be more under Mm -hmm. the Xbox and the Nintendo roof. It shouldn't be Capcom doing its own thing and bandai namco doing its own thing um i think sega had the right approach where they were just like i think there was stuff in the pc gaming show there was stuff in the nintendo Mm -hmm. show um like the games will ultimately be on those platforms so why not just work together in in that sense um so yeah i it it was a little uh it just felt a little forced in that sense unfortunately i didn't get a chance to watch a lot of like the the e3 coverage i apologize michael heim if you're listening to this uh i didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that live show (laughs) stuff so i can't comment on that but the press conferences i did see it just definitely felt like there were too many of them. A lot of them didn't need to happen. Um, but I thought Xbox was cool and Nintendo. I mean, I love I, I'm Mr. Nintendo. I love Nintendo. Um, I was excited <laughs> to see that they had a full slate of games for the rest of the year. WarioWare, Metroid, uh, Mario Party. Um, like their big stuff got pushed to 2022. I think Splatoon 3 and Breath of the Wild 2 are like the, the two like next big games. But yeah, I mean, uh, overall, um, the ones who are normally there, Xbox, Nintendo, cool. But for the most part, it just felt like this long extended thing that, that didn't really need to be this long extended thing. Yeah, to uh, to borrow a phrase from uh, Tamora, who said it uh, during our live streams, uh, this E3 felt like uh, it was, a lot of it could be summed up as, this could have been an email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, you know, like, I, I, I there's a lot of uh, heat, I would say, from the gamers on the internet about this E3 that it was really bad and and I do think there is a sentiment that uh, um, a lot of them maybe forget there was a pandemic. There's maybe yeah. uh, developers just don't have a lot to show uh, and, you know, to be very respectful of that. But I, I do agree with the overall sentiment that, you know, the ESA definitely uh, set up four days of programming and then they sure tried to fill that four days and maybe <laughs> yeah. they didn't need to fill all four of those days i mean yeah like steve do you think that just like you know they could just if they were to take this format but maybe just like trim it down to like yeah compress it a little more maybe (laughs) yeah i I think i think what you mentioned is is important because you said like there was a pandemic people need to remember that and you know show some some grace to these developers who have probably had a rough year like everybody but um i think it's hard to like i mean my impressions overall of e3 are like it's hard to untangle exactly where one factor ends and another begins sure. because E3 was already kind of declining. Like Sony had pulled out before there was ever a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it, it, we, even before all of this happened, when we were like, 
covering E3 2019, we were like, what's the future of E3 look like? We don't even know. It, it seems like it's sort of winding down as people realize they can do these like digital presentations. Uh, so you have like that factor mixed with the pandemic, mixed with, uh, you know, this year, we don't know if like, did Capcom give a presentation because the ESA was like, hey, you really should give a presentation you know, or, or, or was Capcom like passionate about like wanting to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't know. Like, so like, it's hard, it's hard to tell like where these, where these things sort of like meet up and join each other and, and how much of, of one or the other is. Totally. I was, I was reminded of how the ESA apparently they have a thing where it's like you, you, when the show is live, you would have a booth space. And if you didn't, you know, have that booth space for that year if you said hey we're going to skip this year then your booth space would kind of get taken away from you so a lot of developers would set up a booth even if they didn't really have anything just to just to yeah. keep that presence and in some sense those these some of these showcases kind of felt like that like the digital version of just like keeping the booth going even <laughs> there though there's were, nothing there, were, there. <laughs> I, I i can't recall who it was but there were definitely years at you know, physical E3 where a booth would just be like a big black box and they'd be like, yeah, we'll, we'll let, we'll let media in once in a while for like special, you know, business partner meetings or whatever. But other than that, we're basically closed. We just have this footprint because we need to keep it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it, we'll it sort of felt like that's what like the Capcom presentation was this year. The video version of like, yeah. we, it's a, it's a, this space reserved sign. Yeah. In form, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like 2K would be like, ah, we don't have anything, but we'll set up some couches and like a water cooler for y'all to sit at if you want. Like, uh, maybe they should have just, I don't know, like had a, you know, hey, we don't have anything to show, but we're just going to hire a DJ and we'll play some music for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, Resident Evil <laughs> Village, uh, like house remixes? I'm into it. Yeah, I think uh, th that's kind of how I felt when I said like it felt forced. I think, Steve, you put it right where it's like, what, was Capcom wanting to do a presentation or was the ESA like, please, like, can you do something? We can put it on the schedule. It'll say Capcom. It'll look really nice. But like you could have put Resident Evil Village DLC in the Xbox show really quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, ben, what did what did what do you think of this this E3 overall? Do, uh, you know, too much? Not uh, enough? <laughs> I didn't get to like watch too much of it outside of, I think uh like maybe the the wasn't the pc game show the 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 later one yeah uh, pc gaming show and uh future future game, game show. show i had to watch i had to watch the future game show because we didn't we didn't we didn't do anything with it and then uh i got to watch the the verizon 5g presentation at 8 oh that was maybe <laughs> the low point uh Madden, which i don't that why <laughs> i mean i get i know why but like why uh, so I got to watch those two things, but I guess, uh, just from what I was like able to hear while I was doing things and just kind of, I guess, seeing things that kind of came through it, it, it did, it just felt kind of lighter. It felt like there wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't as much of like the, the cool E3 magic feeling. And I don't know if that's more because it was digital or because there was just not the same kind of like big grand show of anything really and i think the closest thing we got to that was maybe the summer games fest at the very beginning with jeff yeah maybe a little bit with the xbox stuff but it just I don't yeah know, it, felt, it felt like it it felt like it was lacking a little bit of punch and it made me kind of sad yeah i mean uh it's interesting because they are going to go back to a live uh like in-person show next year but i do wonder because i do think there's some advantages they had to being all digital you know like 
you're able to include more people um, into certain panels because they're all able to just remote in. Uh, I really appreciated that they actually, you know, did fill some of that with panels about like uh, inclusivity and, you know, kind of talking about more industry stuff. Like they, 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 there was some things that I thought they used their platform for uh, yeah. in a way that felt like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's nice. Even, even if they're just trying to fill the time in, like it wasn't, I wouldn't say all of it felt like just a time waster. There were, there were some uh, yeah. things that they yeah. got out of it. Um, Max, how did, how did you feel about uh, this E3 overall compared to, to previous E3s? Yeah, pretty much same sentiment, except on top of that, uh, there wasn't anything huge that was brand new that I could tell. Sure. You know, like Halo Infinite, we already knew about that. Elden mm-hmm. Ring, I mean, with super hype, obviously, but we already knew about that. Breath of the Wild 2, we already knew about that. Um, so, like, all these major games that were announced, um, and a whole bunch that I didn't list, obviously, like, they were already known, and we just got new information and new trailers and whatnot, but nothing, like, brand new that, like, really spoke out to to me, at least, um that was that was big so uh kind of a bummer again covid sucks and this whole situation really does put a damper on that um but that was my takeaway is nothing nothing huge that was new yeah yeah i think we all seem to be in in general agreement about e3 it was it was you know it's fun it's still it's at the end of the day you're still getting to see cool video games and that's always cool it's hard to complain about that but yeah i do it did feel like a little bit like all right i i don't need a spend my time here watching hearing about 5g the 5g gaming experience <laughs> look i know one thing about 5g and it's gonna change the face of gaming forever dude destiny the vaccines destiny 3 <laughs> exclusive destiny to 3. verizon cell phones Boom, there it is <laughs> oh snap one one thing that was weird about this year is that there was like a, a very distinct like cutoff like once e3 was over like oh it's over like yeah. it's done. Mm. you know in, in previous years as my my background comes from like writing news and I've been covering E3 from like a news writing angle for years. And so there would always be like the press conferences. And then there would be like three days afterwards where it's like, Oh, did you hear, you know, this Nintendo exec said, said this to this person, but something that seems contradictory to this other person. And we we need to chase down that and, and get a new quote and see, which is, you know, like there'd be follow-up news and there's not really much of that this year. It's, it's it's odd how it just kind of ended and it's done now. No after parties. No after parties. Yeah, no after parties. <laughs> no murder alley. Uh, yeah, not even like demos. You know, like you're, normally you get to go and you get to go play some of the games. And I remember even last year there was no E3, but there were still like moments where developers had us like kind of remote in through like uh, programs like Parsec or like uh, NVIDIA has their own kind of like thing where you can like remote play a game. And we would actually like play a couple demos, but that didn't even, I don't even know of any that happened this year like i i feel like everyone just kind of knew like it's all remote we're not gonna bother setting up any demos for for press to play even remotely so yeah it, it was this weird like yeah like the press conference is over and you're like oh it's oh it's over it's done <laughs> we can stop now <laughs> we don't have to hang out here for the rest of the week although i mean we you know there's still there is still some stuff trickling in. Stuff uh, on, yeah yeah, yeah. X- xbox had its um uh, it hasn't happened yet at the time of this recording, but their their extended showcase that they're doing on on Thursday that'll have already happened by the time this recording goes up, where they're showing a couple of extended stuff off, which is cool. But I'm also like, uh, I was ready to be done. Could you maybe <laughs> waited till next week? Uh, it's fine though. It's fine. It's you know more games for for the gamers. Uh, so let's get into what uh, we 
thought of the show and some of our favorite things. We're not going to like break down the entire show bit by bit, but I think we're just going to kind of go through each thing and, and sort of highlight the stuff maybe we all want to talk about. So first off is the not E3 Summer Game <laughs> Fest. Uh, Jeff Keighley's uh, media empire he's slowly building. The man, <laughs> the man, uh, he's got the days first with Gamescom, so he basically runs that show now. He's got uh, the Game Awards, and now he's going for the ESA's throat. <laughs> Summer Game Fest. And he's not being subtle about and it. He's not being subtle all. about it at all. And that's maybe my favorite thing about it is just how the the beef between Keeley and the ESA is just you can feel the tension, the lightning in the air, and oh, I, I love it. <laughs> There was, I think it was Monday, which was, was the like the thing. Well, it was Monday was like the low point of 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 the ESA streams for sure. That was the like yeah. Verizon uh, Capcom day where they just had nothing. And I, there was like in the middle of the day, Keeley just tweeted, "Uh, like I told you guys." And I was like, "Damn, Keeley! Like <laughs> we're going for their throats." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ke- Keeley started off uh, E3 season swinging with a bunch of stuff. So we have a couple of things in here that you guys put in. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics. Who put that one in? I, I put that in. I, I I think Metal Slug is a really cool... We, we talked a little bit about uh, Advance Wars coming back and when we were before we started recording, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we're going to get to that. But Metal Slug has like a similar sort of like cartoony war aesthetic that I've always really dug. And I, I, I thought that world has been you know, kind of a fruitful ground for, for cool things. Uh, and unfortunately it's always just been this retro series, but this is cool that they're like bringing it back in a way that I don't think anybody saw coming, making a tactics game out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Like, holy shit. What an inspired choice. Uh, I, like it, it looks so good. Uh, ben, I know you were really, yeah. really stoked on that one. I, I am really stoked on it. I love metal slug and I, I like tactics games. I just, I just have a problem with SNK being like the the one dude who who owns a lot of the company is like a war criminal. It's like what? Real... Did you <laughs> yeah, not know about I that? Mean... No, that was the first time hearing about that. Uh, so like a dude who like like cut up a journalist or something owns like a huge amount of stock yeah, in SNK. Uh, Khalid oh, Sheikh Mohammed, I think. Is, uh, is a... Which makes me feel bad yeah. giving SNK money. Yeah, hmm. I mean, that's... I did not know that until this week either. That was that was news to me. That's yeah. not great. No, <laughs> I do feel like at some point there's sort of like you could just if, if you trace the lineage, like anything eventually yeah, yeah. is owned by someone who's just an awful person. Um, but that does seem in particular uh, quite, quite. Yeah, quite that's bad. pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, to bring it back, though, I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah, Metal Slug's really rad. And <laughs> I'm really, really excited for it. <laughs> just putting putting the murder aside. Uh, Let's just focus on. I don't. I don't want to be too much of a doubter. But I want to make sure that that like that people know. I guess, but you know, uh, I it's interesting that they decided to make a Metal Slug game uh, into a tactics uh, type game, and I hope that they get the old explosion sprites back because those are my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I, I'm not too familiar with Metal Slug. I've played like a couple of them at like an arcade randomly, but I always like, I think like those to me were like in my brain were like peak pixel art of just like the animation and just like how fluid everything looked. And it's like, everything's constantly just moving. Yeah, it shakes and, and, and moves and yeah. got my girl Theo in there running around and stabbing people and, and poking them. It, it's such a perfect fit yeah. for Metal Slug. So I'm like, I'm really, really excited for that. 
Uh, another one they showed that uh, someone put in is Tales of Arise. That uh, was me. I put it That in was there. you. You put in the uh, weeb thing. I did it because I haven't played any Tales games, but every it. time I process a trailer for this game, I get more and more interested in it. And I've always kind of wanted to play a Tales game. So I feel like this is going to be the one that I jump in on. And after all my JRPG stuff I've been doing for the past year, I just feel like it's a perfect opportunity. And uh, that trailer in particular was really cool. So I'm surprised you haven't played it because uh, yeah. yeah, this the series has been going on for a pretty long time. And like I've, I've played a bunch of the, the Tales games. Uh, Berseria was kind of a letdown, but like Vesperia is my favorite still. And oh, okay. this this is the first game that's obviously taken this like art style. Like they've never gone this route before. So I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out, but it is really it's just kind of odd almost like seeing this like really highly detailed it's usually like kind of cell shady cartoony look but mm. yeah it's, it's definitely deviating from that so yeah uh, it, i'm kind of curious it's also the first like open world or like yeah. sort of open world i'm, I'm Ish, very yeah. yeah i'm very curious like how that game is because I've, I've also never played tales but i know like my brother like loves those games and i've always been like meaning to get into but they're they're just so Oh, they're so long, and they're oh. they are pretty long games. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> they're very grindy games, but uh, like the combo system in that game is freaking amazing. So if you want to play like a good action JRPG, that's like the game for sure. Cool. Heck yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Uh, another one I put in that because there was a lot from Summer Games Fest, um, a lot of good stuff. One I one that stuck out to me just because I'm personally excited for it is the Evil Dead game. Yeah, uh, I I love that genre of you know your asymmetric. Uh, multiplayer where you know you got a bunch of survivors and then you got like the the zombie and um or the the enemy type you know you're you're uh oh what's that one game the um Friends the one the that's dead by daylight well dead by daylight that was the one i was thinking about. like the one that that's becoming the smash bros of uh horror games um <laughs> th- like there's that game uh which which is okay i i, I personally i don't think uh could get too much into it although i kind of want to try it again now that like jill's in uh, it I was going to say, I booted it up yesterday and I didn't realize that the Resident Evil chapter had come out. And I'm like, I'm not big up into that game, but as soon as I'm like, hey, I can be Jill or I could be Leon. I could be Leon dressed up as RE4 Leon with his leather jacket. Put me in there. Uh, I want to do it. When um, on Twitter, when Susie, uh, a.k.a. Sphere Hunter, mentioned that uh, this game has both uh, Heather from Silent Hill 3 and Jill Valentine in the yeah. same game, I was like, oh, shit, I should play this. This seems pretty good. Um but yeah, I, I really like that. I, I really like the idea of that game. I really like the Friday the Thirteenth game. Rest in peace. Uh, that that poor game uh, yeah. gone before its its time. Um, but the Evil Dead one looks like really cool, and I love Evil Dead. And like they're really embracing like the the silliness of that that uh, you know franchise. And um, it, it just seems like such a perfect fit. And I was like, I remember when they announced it, I was like, oh, I hope this is good. And like seeing an action, I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted from this. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, and I think that's everything from Summer Games Fest. I don't think they really announced there was probably probably no anything, um, yeah. anything else uh, yeah. at all. Some small I mean, indie things, maybe, but yeah, maybe yeah. some small some indie tiny stuff. things. At the end, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Tamora is not here to be. <laughs> I can hear him screaming uh, somewhere. <laughs> uh, yes, he's, they... he, his, his head perks up. He's like, something's wrong somewhere. <laughs> There's a disturbance in the force. He just pops in the call all of a sudden. Like, hey guys. yes they showed off elden ring finally you could you could see the excitement in keely's face that he got elden ring he He knew he scored like the big oh he knew he knew and i mean to be fair i i think it's the the best 
trailer the best showing of the uh, entire week, personally. Like, I mean, that trailer is just, I think it's like two, two and a half minutes. It is packed with stuff. There is so much to go over. That game looks incredible. I mean, I imagine everyone's talked about it to death now because it's been like pretty much a full week since of it. But um, I am I am so excited for that game. That's probably one of my most anticipated games of uh, next year. I mean, I it looks like it's i i'm so curious like how the actual open world elements are going to be like in my head i'm like is this like dark souls but like breath of the wild in terms of like open exploration and and, and like i just i kind of want to know what that game actually is like to 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 play and what the structure of that game is but i mean as far as i could tell i think there was some information about that about like being like hub areas or like dungeon ish like six yeah. areas that kind of spread out. So it's not entirely like a cohesive open world, but uh, yeah, it is definitely like sort of segmented, but still like open areas. Right. Yeah. They said it was like, yeah, there were like six dungeon areas, but I, I, what does that mean by like dungeon? Like it's like a dungeon. Cause it, I think it was like, well, not dungeon kingdom maybe, is like yeah, an kingdom, area. Something. So it's yeah. like, I mean, that could be pretty huge. Like, you know, I, and I'm curious, like, was that trailer all one kingdom? Was it multiple kingdoms? Like, what? what what's the... Because usually, you know, they like to keep that stuff tight to their chest. And, and there will definitely be, like, a ton of areas and locations that we have not seen. And they're not going to show until that game's out. So I'm, I'm still curious what, like, the full scale of that game is going to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was... I mean, uh, I, I'm actually, like... Like, I, I, love, I love a good Souls game, but I'm kind of, like... Like a, like a mild spice kind of when it comes to getting like stoked on them, admittedly. Okay. But uh, there's something about this one and then hearing or reading somewhere that there's like a like a focus on not just like like combat, but also stealth gameplay. And that kind yeah. of piqued yeah. my interest more than almost anything else. Because I like the idea of being able to kind of sneak around and, and do that kind of thing. Totally they showed a little bit of that in the trailer and it's very like Sekiro. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it feels like they're pulling from the, the greatest hits, the from software greatest hits. Like it's like, Oh, that church over there looks like Bloodborne, And Oh, you know, like, yeah, that combat looked like Sekiro. And then, uh, that boss looks like straight out of dark souls. Like, so I, it, it feels like they're just firing on all cylinders with that stuff. Uh, I am, super excited for that one i mean that very that trailer was amazing like, it is I, yeah i i pretty much delve into like how trailers are edited and, and and what they're like and like the pacing and the music and just like the delivery of all the things at once was amazing in that trailer yeah and admittedly i'm i have actually never played a dark souls game i think i played oh, wow. some demon souls um for a little bit but i like have never touched pretty much the the, the souls genre at all um and I know people are going to hate me for that, but that's just no. yeah, something I haven't touched. And uh, this game is probably my big... Like, I, the first initial trailer a couple years ago was... I didn't really get much information from that, so I didn't really get much as hype as much hype from other people. But uh, this trailer, for sure, like drew me in a lot more than... Even besides the Breath of the Wild-ish aspects of it. Like, besides that, like this game looks really amazing and has really caught my attention, for sure. Dang, that's cool. You think you're going to... Uh go back and like play some of the older ones now or or just are you like looking forward to this one in particular i'm i may try to play some of the the older games but uh i'm mostly looking forward to this game i I think uh probably what will happen is i'll play this game when it comes out and then i'll be like oh i'll see what i 
missed in other games and then go from there because usually i want to get my hands on something that i like first and then go back to something else okay because i want to see its lineage like similar to like apex and like titanfall where i didn't ever play titanfall at all and oh okay i played yeah. apex first and i'm like oh wait now i want to see its lineage then i go back mm, i know i'm sense. doing it completely backwards but you know everybody's Got their own experience as long so. as you get there that's what matters <laughs> yeah now i've got both my hands so. max if it, if it makes you feel better i have not played any souls games either so if people hate you oh, okay. they can hate me too <laughs> guys this is a safe space tomorrow it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay uh you just gotta play the best souls game uh dead souls oh yeah <laughs> wait for a remaster that one the only souls game i've ever finished <laughs> anyway we'll stop <laughs> uh, and then I see you added one more very important thing that I feel oh. like I can't believe I forgot about it. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that that Death Stranding trailer, what the was... director's cut. There is so much to break down. I mean, first off, uh, this is not a new take because a lot of people have made this a uh, comparison, but just the idea that Kojima is like my my creative like the whole point of death stranding was that it was like the man was like unfiltered he could do whatever he wanted like the original game was the director's cut and he's like but but i'm coming back for more but (laughs) i love film so much that i'm going to call it the director's cut uh and then of course the metal gear the music oh, and the yeah. like the stealth area and the the box the, with the, the oranges <laughs> so and then the oranges I mean, happened jean luc and then the oranges happened so i mean around the room i want everyone's take do you think this is actually this actually means something in terms of it's going to be in the game or do you th- like I, okay i don't think this is like this isn't some like you know uh kojima's secret like i'm bringing metal gear back guys like i I don't know what do you what what are your take on this what do you think this does this mean anything is this just kojima being kojima oh yeah that's just kojima for sure yeah he's 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 effing with we're always on kojima's (laughs) wild ride it never stops what's that what's that one uh subreddit that we keep checking in on never be game over Never be game over. Was that? Did that uh, blow up? Were they all like, guys? Like they're probably all all about it right now. The secret third act of Phantom Pain it was actually Kojima's gonna put Death it Stranding. in in oh, Death Stranding. <laughs> no, I... that, that's probably like five different threads right now. You literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am legitimately excited for that. I've okay. So like, this is me. I'm gonna show my whole ass here. I have not beaten Death Stranding. I didn't beat it on. PlayStation 4 and then I was like I got on PC and I was like ah PC this is my t- my chance to beat it and then I didn't beat it there either so now I'm like PS5 finally third this time's the charm I will beat this game wait are you starting from scratch every single time or oh yeah 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 oh, I mean geez. PC you okay, can't well, you know yeah I, 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 didn't, I didn't actually get that far is the thing like yeah I, I, I don't blame you because I remember when we got it and we were playing it, like I put it down for a long time because those first few chapters are just paced so poorly. But you hit a point, I think, where it really hits its stride. So I tell people that when they go into Death Stranding, like expect things to start off really slow. And if you're willing to put in that time, then you'll get something really cool. But I understand that's a lot to ask of people. So like when people skip, tell me they don't finish chapter it. chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Once you hit hour 20, man, it's <laughs> off to the races. 
I didn't take my own advice and skipped the second chapter like I should have. Yeah, didn't you do a PSA on that? Yeah, I did a PSA <laughs> that, was like, advice. that was like, skip the second chapter. And then when I played it, I was like, but what if I do the entire second chapter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what if I do the opposite of what I've told people to do? I spent about 150 hours playing that game and I don't feel like a second was wasted. I loved it so much. Did you get the platinum trophy or did I didn't get the platinum or... trophy. No. I, I literally have like one delivery to do and I'll probably wrap it all up and I just never could bring myself to go back and do it. Well, now you have your chance. It's true. It's true. So, well, actually one other thing about summer game fest, just cause it's, it's branded summer game fest. Right. I don't think it's really like necessarily tied mm-hmm. uh, to summer game fest in any particular way. But one thing that I think is really cool that E3 should steal <laughs> mm-hmm. is this, um, this whole demo program that that they partnered with Xbox for for yes. the idea at Xbox uh, SGF demos, they were like, it's like forty demos. And gr- granted, the curation like sucks. Like unless they've changed it in the last couple hours since I've checked, they don't have like a section where you can just find all of them. Uh, um, mm. But like mm. putting up a bunch of demos for like people to try at home feels like a modern thing for the games industry to be doing, and they should just keep doing that. Like in the future, they did it last year and this year because you know, all digital things are weird because of the pandemic, but they should just keep doing that. It's a smart idea. Um, let people at home, like, participate in a way, you know? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think uh, Steam did something similar last year as well. And, and like, yeah, I kind of missed that stuff at first, but I, I remember, like, seeing a bunch of people talk about it and they're like, oh, I, like, found, like, my new favorite cool game by just, like, getting to check out this free demo. Like, I, yeah, I think that's rad. I mean... It, yeah, it's like replicating the experience of like wandering the show floor and just stumbling across some cool thing and like letting people kind of have kind of have that experience from their houses. Yeah, is, I think just, just literally rad, do the so. Devolver thing uh, where they remade <laughs> E3 inside of a, a, an FPS. And... Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Yeah. That was a wild one. That was weird. But cool. I, rem- I, I like that one when they did that last Devolver year. weird? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so moving on, we have, uh, I actually, uh, it was the Tribeca Game Showcase. I actually didn't check this out because I was busy with other stuff. Um, did you guys check this one out at all? I watched I watched a bit of it. Uh, I watched a bit of it. Uh, I think, again, like the, the main leading game was Kenna. There wasn't. Uh, there was there were a lot of indie games there for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just it, the, the only thing that stuck out to me, obviously, is is Kenna because I've just been like religiously following that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just new new footage, uh, new previews. Just super hyped for it, and I just love the developers slash I don't know how animators I guess too because they had like the the vision of Majora's Mask short, which was amazing. You should oh, that's definitely right. see that. That's mm-hmm. those yeah. people. Yeah. yeah oh it's my those god. People. Yeah. So that's why the animation in this game is just so amazing. And like you know, they're pixel. They, they people keep complaining that well, not complaining. They're, they're they're just kind of adding to the point that it's just basically Pixar in a game, and it's amazing looking. I don't I don't think I've seen any other game that looks quite like this style, at least that I know of. But I'm super interested for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, moving on, I have uh Koch media with a big question mark because that was maybe the first the first of the the sign of things to come for for this E3. That was a weird one. I feel like the the Koch media one was like the polar opposite of like say like the Capcom one or the Gearbox one where it's like they actually had like some cool games but they had no idea how to present it and just had these like it was like 2 hours long it was a bunch of interviews that were very, very dry and oh, yeah. kind of came across like a weird, like, like a, 
a pitch because like every every interview they always ended with like why is Koch Media such a great partner for for gaming and it was like this weird like am I watching like an investor pitch yeah, it, like this is very it definitely felt it, like it felt a bit because I feel like every single person got asked the same set of questions yeah all the it way was, through it was really it was really weird um but like they actually had like a couple cool games like they they teased well the big one was that they teased um was it payday three like a payday three proper or oh yeah was it just well they, yeah they, they showed that payday three is happening and then they showed like a, a screen of the characters standing up on like, like a building and then i think later on they showed a little bit more nothing really substantial though but hey payday yeah. three i'm excited payday payday three yeah they 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 had a couple of things i I feel bad. I, I admittedly don't have those names offhand, but I remember seeing a couple of cool games that I was like, oh, that seems cool. And then they just had people like really boring interviews for like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so why don't we just move on from that and instead uh, talk about the first big one, which was Ubisoft Forward. Um, I thought Ubisoft was pretty okay. Um overall yep. ubisoft I, felt like about the same that ubisoft usually feels like it, i would agree it was, yeah it was a good solid you know solid effort good job. yeah yeah they, they started off pretty strong with um with rainbow with rainbow six extraction they showed like a bunch of that which is cool because i think that's like their their big game of the year that they're showing off um and that seemed neat um weird a, a lot of again a lot of people pointed this out uh this e3 was like the e3 of like horde based co-op shooters yeah they're they're bringing them back that was like such a popular thing back in like the 2009s 2010s era and then that kind of like died and like suddenly that is like back with a vengeance because we have like uh you know extraction we have the back for blood obviously there's aliens fire team redfall redfall yeah. uh there was a uh there was a, one of the games of Koch media was like that as well like I, there was i was like oh my god like this is cool but also Oh boy, the, uh, this genre is quickly becoming oversaturated before any of these are even out. <laughs> um, uh, but was, uh, what was some what were some big highlights for you guys from uh, Ubisoft Forward? Somebody put in uh, Mario Rabbids: Sparks of Hope. Who was that? Yes, I I put that. Ah. In. I, I really liked that Mario Rabbids game, uh, the first one that came out. Uh, it's I didn't expect to like it because I find the rabbits kind of obnoxious. But they are the but they are like the minions they, of the video game yeah. world. <laughs> But here's the thing. I think Ubisoft knows that. <laughs> I think like oh, yeah. they were they were very playful with the uh, with the humor in that first Mario Plus Rabbids game, where they're like, yeah, they're like obnoxious jackasses who like kind of annoy Mario and the rest of them, and that's sort of the joke, you know. Um, so like this, you know, it it, it doesn't look like uh, it's doing anything too different or unexpected. I guess the big hook of the of the sequel is that you have these power up items, sort of reminiscent of a classic mario game it's the sparks that give you these sort of special powers but um otherwise it's like you know an isometric mario XCOM game with rabbits yeah <laughs> so it's more of it's more of that and I'm, I'm down for more of that see i'm i'm yeah. part of how this whole thing works i never played mario rabbits that announcement happened i bought mario rabbits so now i'm gonna play mario rabbits <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah, curious yeah. what you think yeah because i i also um I really like that game. I didn't finish it, but I got like I think like over halfway through, and that, I, that game got surprisingly hard. Yeah, that's what happened. Like I kind of got stuck, and I was like, uh, um, uh, whatever. And then I like just never picked it back up. Yeah, it's surprisingly tougher, like a 
very kids centric like tactics game yeah. um but yeah i i really like that game and i'm i'm super interested in like a sequel like they were it seems like they're like uh playing a little bit like they're they're going a little bigger with the environments and like walking around like they 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 seem to have more ambition with it than um the first one so i'm i'm very curious to see uh, how that plays out, and the setting is very Mario Galaxy. Very I, li- Mario I like how Galaxy. the I like how the rabid versions of everyone is like sort of like a like a twisted version of the Mario character. Like you know, Mar <laughs> Mar like like Peach is like you know cute. It's Peach, and then, but then like rabid Peach is like obsessed uh, obsessively vain. And like, yeah, <laughs> and like rabid and and, and rabid like... Rosalina is just like over it. She's just like oh this bullshit again. You know, like yeah. Uh, otherwise, Ubisoft, I, you know, I think they just kind of showed the what we expected, a little bit of Far Cry, Just Dance. They had that Avatar game at the end, which, I mean, it looked nice, but I... Avatar's I, back, baby! Cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, they made that first Avatar game uh, years ago, and that did was they? kind of... They did. There was there was an Avatar game. I, think I that remember was there being an Avatar game. I didn't know if it was Ubisoft. Was it Ubisoft? It'd be nice if they oh, got another funny. shot at it. Cause, yeah, that'd be funny. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like just like a week before the Ubisoft conference, there was like reports of like, you know, Avatar is in development hell. They don't know what to do with the story because it, you know, the, the movie is taking so long. Um, and then they come out with this press conference where they're like, it's an original story. We can just make it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't tie into the movie at all. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, James Cameron's Avatar The Game was released on December 1st, 2009 by Ubisoft. Hell yeah. Uh, a fine oh, part no. by, Round by two. <laughs> Game Loft helped develop that. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that, that being uh, like... Like slightly above par for like a licensed game, but otherwise it was you know, pretty, pretty it's, whatever. It's um, another shot. You love to see that. Yeah, but yeah, they're getting <laughs> they're getting the run back on it. You know, maybe maybe this one will be will be better. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't really care much about Avatar, but I will say like that that world at least has a lot of potential to it that could could make for maybe a fun video game. So I'll reserve judgment, I guess, until we actually see more of it. But moving on to uh gearbox which was maybe in the run for most disappointing in like i mean was it though like i mean what did you expect (laughs) like it was it was such a we we got uh, what we wanted right at the beginning which is good did we yeah, well, because did I want that? Well, the, did I want Randy Pitchford? No, no, the, for like no, not that minutes? beginning. The beginning, beginning. I don't count that as the beginning. <laughs> what was, what was <laughs> Are you talking about the Wonderlands that? trailer? We, we got the 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 new Borderlands game trailer, and that's yeah. No, yeah. that but was the, at Summer Game Fest, though. They well, showed, showed it again. Well, they showed it. But we got to see the thing that, that we were there for. <laughs> but they didn't say anything else about it. It was such but, a like. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean yeah. hey, we still are making that. Yeah. The rest of it was was Randy like it was kind of cringy just like walking around the set and kind yeah. of like 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 surprise obviously surprising people who did not know he was coming <laughs> and not just Kevin Hart but Kevin Hart was the one who like showed it the most on his face oh, but like yeah. everybody he went up to was like hey I'm Randy I'm here to talk to you and, and I've got a camera crew and they're all just like uh <laughs> trying to work here Randy and it was it was funny when like I think there was like. He's like, Randy, get over here. Like, there's a cool behind the scenes thing we could do. He's like, oh, I'm filming a thing for E3. And he's like, oh, um. Get out of here. Stop. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, 
I I admire that they like tried to make it fun. You know, they they had those weird interstitial things. They were they were trying to interject that that gearbox humor. You know, if, for whatever that's worth, uh, take it or leave it. Your own opinion about <laughs> if you actually like that stuff. But compared to maybe like something like Capcom, they were at least trying to make it entertaining, even though they clearly really didn't have much to show. They kept saying that there was a new homeworld. Yeah, know, the, that, that was really weird. The most annoying thing. It's like driving through South Dakota where they're just like, this world famous uh, flipping tourist trap is coming up. Get ready for it. And they do that for eight hours. And then you get there. And it's not, it's just, it's like 89 cent coffee. And you're like, all right, cool. Uh, but you know, the biggest uh, travesty though of the whole thing was there wasn't a single magic trick done. You know what? I would have preferred that if that yeah. was just 30 minutes of Randy Pitchford doing his magic act. I, like, just one trick, Randy. That's all I want. <laughs> you, you've had a whole year stuck inside of your home. I know you've been whipping up something magical, and I want you to show it to me. I'll make your enthusiasm disappear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, oh, wait, after Gearbox. Before oh. we move on, did you yes. guys know that Homeworld 3 is in development? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, I didn't. Okay. Uh, did, did you guys know that Homeworld 3 was the first uh, RTS to be uh, in a 3D axis? Really? Yeah. Oh Do you know that Homeworld 3 won uh, Game of the Year on, from PC Gamer? Whoa. Oh, my goodness. You can find all these facts <laughs> and more if you watch the Gearbox show. Can I pre-order? Where, where can I pre-order? <laughs> I'm sure you can pre-order at, at all fine retailers that sell video games. Awesome. So go check those out. Go run to Best Buy real quick. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but moving on to uh, the the big one, one of the big ones, I, I would say uh, came out real swinging Xbox and Bethesda. Uh, I was personally, I think this is this is my, that was my conference of the show um, in terms of just like the, the breadth of stuff. Like they came out swinging uh i yeah i i see uh someone wrote holy crap game pass i mean yeah like for real yeah, like they were, how many how many of the things that, yeah, that was, are, are on yeah. there it's it's like 80 percent of the stuff they announced is all on game pass. it was it was 27 of the 30 yeah. games that they That's showed yeah. Yeah. Like, game pass, yeah on game pass day one crazy like i you know that like it's just that was the conference where it's you know you you could argue like there have been better xbox showings where they show you know like bigger crazier announcements maybe you know they had some good ones but i would say it wasn't anything like mind-blowing in the in in like a you know like some of the most famous like sony ones or something like that but uh just as far as like selling me on like making me feel good about like owning an xbox like i came out of that being like damn i feel i'm i'm glad i own an xbox because there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out for it um yeah how did, how did you guys feel about this one overall what, what what was the the big stuff that like excited you i think i think the way they bookended it was really interesting because this is this year they're doing they did it xbox plus bethesda mm. which i don't think is really going to last necessarily into next year i think this was in my in my read of the situation it's like this was a welcome aboard bethesda we're going to do it up big for you kind of thing yeah um but they, they bookended it with bethesda not with not even with microsoft you know uh first party stuff outside mm. of bethesda it was it was booking it with starfield and then at the end was redfall um and then like halo was sort of like the the intermission in the middle where they were <laughs> which is not what i would have expected i would have expected halo to be like the big like we're gonna devote, devoting the last 30 minutes to halo but they didn't really do that yeah uh, I was just saying, speaking of halo how'd you guys feel about like ben 
that multiplayer trailer. I finally got to watch it. <laughs> what do you think? It's it's real good. Uh, I'm actually really excited to to play it. Um, I I like how between because the, they also had the the battlefield stuff getting shown now and Halo. Yeah. Like both of those games seem to kind of be embracing the more like over the top silly side of like their multiplayer, and I'm really into that. Like it was all through mm-hmm. the battlefield trailer, but just like the Halo one where they're doing like the crazy like uh physics like grabbing things with the grappling hook or like blowing up rocket launchers across the room with the energy sword and grabbing it out of the air like just doing all sorts of crazy stuff cars fl- they put the, flipping the announcer in there yeah. he was like yell doing his thing he was yelling like kill tacular like it was <laughs> you like threw a grenade at someone <laughs> it, it felt it felt like a, a montage of watching a bunch of people playing like on a saturday night having a really good time and i loved it yeah I love on that on that same topic of like the the grapple like that that is definitely a reoccurring theme now with these new games coming out. I mean, you saw in that the new Battlefield trailer as well. Right, there's that new grapple, and actually, I think if I remember correctly, both the scenes did a grapple into a slide. So like that's like the new mechanic now. They're just take they're just stealing from Titanfall. I don't know, but See, Titanfall uh, paving the is, way. There it is. Yeah, the I guess they're just the, yeah, they're, the best shooter campaign of all time. <laughs> I mean, people argue that, and I, and I I I'm on their side, honestly. Like Titanfall, like I didn't play that much, but I just the mechanics of that game are just insane and they're amazing. So um, yeah, like I was super hyped with the infinite gameplay. Like I I'm just when I when I played four and five, I was just so tired of it at that point because yeah. I was you know. Two and three were like my high high days. I was just in that game like you know twenty four seven, but I really fell off after those couple of uh, last iterations. And this one, this actually looking really good, yeah, yeah. like for real this time. So yeah, it feels good to be like excited about like a Halo game. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's been forever. And sure. Also, the fact that it's free to play, free to play. I think yeah. is like legitimately like cool. Like that had that in its crossplay. It's gonna be on PC and Xbox Day One. Like there's a lot of potential. For that that multiplayer, I'm like really into. And they they didn't show a lot of the campaign, but what they did show actually, I mentioned earlier, I'm more of like a campaign story sure, focused sure. kind of guy. Like, and I know that Halo is like just beautiful nonsense as far as <laughs> the lore goes, and I'm fine with that. But like, uh, getting the mood right is really like important for me. And when they have like Master Chief with his gravelly voice saying like the mission changed, it always does. You know, th- they always do. It's like yeah. We- all of his quotes should feel like it could be carved on granite at like a memorial, you know, yeah. <laughs> and like they, they nailed that feeling with the script. And I was like, oh, yeah, Master Chief is back. So agreed. hundred uh, percent. Another big one they showed coming out this year. Forza Horizon 5. I vroom, vroom. have not room room indeed uh i've actually never played a forza game oh. but people always keep telling me to play one because um i i'm not a big car racing guy but i my favorite of that genre is burnout paradise because i just loved oh my the arcade ridiculousness yes. of it and people are always like oh dude if you liked that game you would love the horizon games like they're so good they're so good and i've yeah. just like never gotten around to playing it and now it's like okay i got game pass it's day one Let's go. It's, it's, I'm ready. I'm ready to finally give this, day negative this franchise three, a shot. But... Oh, yeah. There's some weird you, things. If you have to actually that, buy right? it to get it early, Game Pass has to wait like everyone else. I mean, that's fine. I don't really yeah, care. I'll, I don't I'll care wait the three either, days. But... I'm not going to spend $80 or whatever it is to get it three days early. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Horizon series, very, very, very good. Uh, there's something about just 
they they do a good lot or a good job of kind of straddling the line of like being just arcadey enough but still kind of feeling grounded enough in reality to like give you enough of a challenge but the real thing is like the presentation and the music and the mm. the feel of everything that you're doing just it's it just feels good to drive in that game and like not go anywhere like yeah i mean yeah. The, the settings are so beautiful like they're like oh this one's based in england this one's based in mexico and you're just like oh it's 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 gore it's like a gorgeous view of england or mexico or whatever it is australia i think it was one of them but yeah yeah three was australia yeah 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 no they like really like sell the setting in a way that you're just like oh man like i want to i want to hang out in that world and drive around um very excited for that one another one we actually don't have it listed here but they did start off the show with the big one that everyone was hoping for which was starfield technically the washington post started the uh, show kicked off, off <laughs> started the show yeah, off uh i feel as, as somebody who who works with embargoes and yeah. cms publishing i my heart goes out to those poor poor people at the washington post um that is never fun uh i hope i hope they were they were okay and it, it didn't go too badly for them uh but yeah starfield we got a, a little in engine teaser and a release date of uh 11 11 uh of next year um other than that i feel like we still don't know too much about it uh what do you guys think evan evan you you're a not bethesda guy you've never played a bethesda game do, are you interested in starfield like are you gonna check it out like well let me preface this by saying i'm not a bethesda or an xbox guy that's why i've been okay. a little quiet here i've never owned an xbox oh, uh i i was a nintendo kid and then when i got older all my friends had playstation so i went playstation so when i look at all these games like i've I have played Halo a little bit with friends, um, but like I have not integrated myself and I've never played a Bethesda game either. So I'm kind of watching the Xbox really? conference and being like, is this enough for me to spend $500 on another console? Because every game I would want to play first or third parties usually on PlayStation. Um, but in terms of Starfield, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like we don't know anything about it. It was a CG trailer. And I also, as a not Bethesda fan, I'm not thinking like, oh yeah, I trust that this because they always do this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I need to see it in action as someone who's in no way a Bethesda fan, in no way someone who's like has full faith in Todd Howard. I don't know that many people that do, but I, I, that's where I stand with it. Um, and the same with, with Redfall where it's just like, we just got a CG trailer. So it was like, I guess I'll just have right. to wait and yeah. see it. Yeah. I think maybe Redfall, um, which we'll get into in a sec. I was like more like, yeah. Cause I'm just like into like arcane. It's like, I'm into anything. I think Bethesda, uh, studios specifically over the years have um they need to sell me a little bit more because i'm you know i'm watching this trailer and i'm like i mean none of these people are clipping through the floor so this isn't obviously representative of the final product uh i don't know what this game is. so i i need to i need to see more of the actual game um yeah like i, I mean you know like max ben uh steve are you guys like interested in in star uh starfield at all i'll, I'll try it i mean like it, it with with the trailer telling us so little and just being kind of a mood setter it's just like so are we just supposed to assume that it's you know skyrim in space which has sort of been like the shorthand that people have been assuming i don't think they really said that that's what it is but like is that what we're sort of like assuming and we're just supposed to be excited about that because uh, you know i'm fine with trying that but i i want to i want to be sold a little bit more on what the actual thing that you do in it is right yeah i feel the same because that teaser what is a couple of years ago now because it's just like 
basically just a ship in space. Right. And now we get to kind of see a little bit more. And the little bit more is like, okay, that's kind of what I expected off of a teaser that I saw a couple of years ago. And I just need to see the actual gameplay. And I think, how many games has Bethesda made since uh, 76? Because that's like the big uh, turning that was, point. That for... was the last one they made was 76. Well, was, was it Wolf? Well, that was no, that was published. But, but but that's that was just published by them. That was machine okay. machine gun games. Yeah, so, yeah, so the this, actual... this will be their first proper game after seventy six. Yes, and although so, that was so... also made by like um, Bethesda Austin. I want to say it was it was like a the the main Bethesda office. I think like kind of oversaw it, but a lot of the production was made by like their Austin team. So I think the actual it, like okay. last time the proper Bethesda Maryland studio has made a game was Fallout Four. Um, so it's been a minute. Um, I just hope that engine is properly working. I mean, there's obviously going to be bugs no matter what. Every open game, sure. Obviously, Breath of the Wild, it's it's going to have bugs too. Like every open world game is going to have problems, but like this, they they've got to iron that out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Todd Howard claims as much. You know that they've they've really uh, you know, doubled down on on engine stuff and you know improving it and. You would hope that that Microsoft money means they can throw more quality assurance at it and really get it polished. Like I, I would imagine Microsoft knows of the reputation of that stuff and would want to put resources to make sure that this game is polished because it's a big deal for them. You know, they're they're obviously putting a lot of money into Bethesda, so I can't imagine they wouldn't want to make sure it, it is not good at launch. Look, yeah, I th- it's this is the best case scenario for them. In space, you can't fall through the ground. <laughs> so, you just float. Big range. There's, there's, there's your podcast point. title if you need it. You can't In space, you can't fall one, through the one, ground. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one thing that struck me as really funny about Starfield is is the, the juxtaposition, because Microsoft already bought a studio to make the Skyrim in space game, and it was called The Outer Worlds. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And in... In this presentation, they had the Outer Worlds 2 teaser, which was very like, you know, it's a big, crazy space time and corporations have taken over everything. And it's a it's it's totally like a satire of, of, of uh, you know, corporate culture, you know, juxtaposed versus Starfield, which was which is like space. Mankind's reach exceeds <laughs> his grasp, you know, like, very self-serious. I mean, <laughs> that trailer specifically was parodying e3 trailers yeah, yeah. which i actually really enjoyed but it's like funny that you could take that exact thing that they're making fun of and compare it to the starfield one which is playing it straight and like <laughs> the juxtaposition of that but i mean you're totally right it's like yeah like it, it is weird that they now own like where it's like we bought obsidian because they're the they're the studio that people who always say is like the better bethesda so we own them now but now we also own bethesda so they just they said let's just take the whole pie we'll have it all, all. the bethesdas yeah <laughs> yeah new uh, vegas too man please <laughs> i know right One it's, day. It's, eventually it's gotta happen i feel like someone there is gonna be like guys let's just let's just vegas do it too let's do it um but i'm actually very excited for outer worlds uh too i i really liked that first game but i do feel like that game um could have gone further and and so the idea of a, of a sequel of like them going maybe bigger with it and you know being able to put more money behind it with microsoft like i'm i'm excited to see what that is uh but then yeah the last big thing they showed was redfall which is uh arcane austin's new co-op based zombie not zombie vampire vampires are the thing now vampires are hot a lot of vampires this yes year. um i mean 
we kind of mentioned it. It's a CG trailer, so it's it's you know if you haven't seen the game yet, it's kind of hard to get too excited. Uh, but I'm I'm I don't care. I'm excited just because I love Arcane and I will play anything that studio makes. It does not matter. Uh, did do you guys are you guys excited for for this based off the trailer or do you also love uh, Arcane? Uh, I'm hella into it. Like I said, based off yeah. of just the fact that we know it's Arcane. And seeing some of the stuff that you see in the trailer, like the the elevator lift power to go up, I really like that. It's clever. It's it's silly. I like the banter between all the characters. I love the character designs. Yeah, uh, the character designs are very good. There, there's something I, I also love about just kind of like like being in a situation where you're like, oh no, the world's messed up. We still got to make jokes though and try to make it the best we can. Like the, <laughs> oh man, would you ever go back to, to life the way it was if we had the chance to be like, would I have to pay student loans again? And I'm like, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good Quippy, one. Quippy, sassy yeah. teens. <laughs> but just like, just such, such cool characters and I don't even know like what their names are and I want to know more and I want to play it. And just even through like, like the one point where they're they're stepping into the room and the 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 front the front leading lady like reloads her gun by just floating the bullets into it, like yeah. just small little things that are just there that they they didn't need to do but they did and I love it. I want to play it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Arcane just has like a style to them where uh, it's like even even though they do different genres, you can just like look at the the, the character design, like you said, like the animation, and you're just like that's an Arcane game. And I am here for it. Um, but we got to move on to the rest of E3. Next up was Square Enix, who uh, kicked off pretty solidly with Guardians of the Galaxy. They showed a lot of that. Um, I'm kind of hit or miss we on it, already, personally. We had seen it somewhere. Was it at Summer Game Fest that we already saw the Guardians reveal? No, 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 no. That no. was actually, oh. I believe, their their full reveal of it. Um, oh, I could swear we saw it twice somehow. I don't remember. Well, yeah, it was at the I'm... Direct. It was at the Square Enix show. Then oh, the that's right. It was at the Direct. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, I don't know how that's going to look on the Switch. I mean, I assume it's yeah, going to be it's, like it's, streaming. They're yeah, gonna it's, do it's the just a cloud probably. version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, uh, I've actually never tried the streaming stuff on Switch, so I can't really comment on if any of that. I have not either. Good or not. But guardians looks looks pretty solid i like those movies um i like that it's single player i think that's cool like i, I was kind of a little worried of like i was like here it is another four player call thing you know great <laughs> and they're like it's single player and i'm like i'm back in uh yeah. Are any of you guys excited for Guardians? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> I dang just real just right to it. Nah. Nope. I feel conflicted because I love the Spider-Man games, but I think that's a lot of because of Insomniac. That has nothing to do with the fact that it's Spider-Man. Right. Where yeah. I was so disappointed by the Square Enix Avengers game. Like I played the story oh. and like that yeah, game I was I did not touch the multiplayer much at all. So like I feel like this game's in the middle there. Like I don't think it's gonna be I'm as sure bad as the Square Enix yeah. title, but I don't think it's gonna be as good as Spider-Man. And I'm like, is there enough there? to really get me in. So my initial reaction is no, but because Spider-Man was so good, I'm also like, well, maybe, but that's also mostly Insomniac, who's incredible. So I don't think I'm going to get it, but you could still prove, I guess they could still prove me wrong. They could still do something to, to get me into it. Uh, yeah. During half of the reveal, I actually thought it just was Avengers DLC. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it has the same exact controls. Like Star-Lord did like a, a shoulder, like a blast thing and the camera went right behind his shoulder so he could aim it. Like, it looked like it was, I don't know if it's in the same engine or what, but it 
it looks kind of closely tied to it. Maybe. Or maybe it... I'm, I'm not going to make the same, like, stunt doubles joke that's been made, like, a million times, but it does feel, like, a little bit off-brand just because the movie series put those characters on the map for a lot of people, like myself included. I'm not being, like, a, you know, <laughs> a hipster about Guardians. But, like, the the James Gunn movies, like, were, were so iconic in making those characters what they are, and this feels like, oh, we're kind of trying to be like that, you know? Yeah, that was sort of the big problem that Avengers ran into as well, where you're like, oh, look, guys, like, like Mom, we want uh captain america it's like we have captain america at home home. like (laughs) that's what that game kind of felt like yeah getting getting the rights to the actual actors is probably pretty tough on their side yeah and and Uh, i and and i i'm actually like into the idea of like no we're gonna have our own take on these characters but you do kind of come up on that problem of like you know everyone's just immediately the thing they like is the movie versions and so you you kind of have to appeal to that to some degree but you still want to make it your own thing so you kind of fall in this weird in between uh yeah i'm 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 curious i'm kind of with evan middle of the road um i'm just sort of sad that we're not getting we're probably never going to get another deus ex at this point um i i like the idea though that you're star lord and that the guardians are like your special moves like it's not it's not like you're swapping between between them yeah characters or anything like that it's like no you're the leader of this group and you get to call you know like when you need drax to to wreck some shit like you you hey say hey drax you know yeah uh so yeah started off kind of you know solid but i think sort of mixed depending on how you feel about guardians but after that i don't know about you guys i thought it kind of just went went a little downhill from there they showed a lot of final fantasy stuff uh they had that pixel perfect collection oh, where they said so where they said hey guys you know all those mobile versions that you all hate don't worry we're doing it right this time except then people did screenshot comparisons and said hey they're still not doing it right the sprites are still not the same. Why just give us? I feel like I that please. As long as I get rid of those menus, I could probably tolerate the sprites. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's just weird that like literally all people ask for is like just give us those games exactly how they were on PC, <laughs> and Square just keeps saying no and doing it differently. And I I would love to know like what the thinking behind that is, because it's like people just want the thing. Just give them the thing. It's it's so strange. I mean like there's there's another layer to it. I'm not I'm not a, a PC gamer. I just I'm just like I just want all those Final Fantasy games on my Switch. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. like coming out for not Switch. We're gonna release right. on PC and mobile. <laughs> We're not gonna release on any consoles at all. Yeah. For some reason uh, and then they followed up that with, uh, we have in all caps here, chaos. Absolute uh, chaos. The... Chaos control? Chaos control. Shadow Hedgehog, chaos. is that you? <laughs> I actually did think of that when uh, <laughs> when seeing that trailer. Uh, it was, what is it? Strangers uh, Paradise? Strangers Paradise. Stranger in Paradise? Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy origin which is the rumored um team ninja dark souls-esque final fantasy game that takes place in the world of final fantasy one and on paper that sounds awesome uh what they showed i thought looked pretty bland and uninteresting as far as just like the visuals go it's felt ripped out of like 2009 era of video games really quickly just because i haven't gotten a chance to look this up much is 
is this like in like a Final Fantasy one isekai like the main character is someone who got sucked into it? I mean, like the boss is Garland. If you yeah. if you're familiar with Final Fantasy one, yeah. the boss is Garland. So like, yeah, it. The thing that everyone sort of cracked jokes about was that the dialogue was pretty horrendous it was very like i'm here to kill chaos i hate chaos so much a lot of chaos kill chaos yeah like he he just kept saying it was very weird but also even besides that like like you said john luke it the the actual gameplay i haven't actually played the demo yet i haven't downloaded but the gameplay just looks kind of you know it's everything's very gray it looks yeah kind of it I, doesn't look super visually interesting i, I, or anything. I did play a little bit of the demo last night i didn't finish it but it's it's okay um you know, it's still early access. So I don't want to be like too harsh on it, but it felt it felt solid. But it it felt like, it, you know, it felt like a little bit like Neo. You know, because uh, the Team Ninja they made Neo, and Neo's very good. But um, just nothing about the the design and like the visuals I found particularly interesting. I mean, the main character is like the most generic looking Final Fantasy character I think I've ever seen. Um, he's just bulk bulky white dude with short hair what's his name again jack jack the most generic jack. name yeah it's like you look at that guy and you're like that looks like a jack <laughs> to be fair in in the nes days you had to limit your names to four letters oh, okay so it's a nod to I that think then that's probably... <laughs> if that was the intent i would be a little more into that but i mean oof, it was yeah i i don't know about that one it's it's um it's not the coolest warrior of light i've ever seen <laughs> say that much i mean the coolest warrior of light is probably uh your Phil Pliskin? Light, ben oh, <laughs> Phil Pliskin? yeah i know him Spe- speaking of we didn't get any of the i think the real big final fantasy stuff people were hoping for uh yeah no 16 no or 16 anything. they didn't show the ziv trailer again ben i'm sorry yeah, it's okay it's you know <laughs> hey i know the truth and that's that uh fan fest was the best thing that happened to all e3 uh, even though it happened months before. All right, guys. So then next up after Square Enix was uh, the PC game show and future game show. I will be fully honest. I, I sort of uh, didn't didn't pay too much attention to these because I, I kind of was tapping out. Um, I don't know if you guys did, if there's any highlights from them. It's a lot of indie stuff, which I'll say is sort of just like the one big takeaway from this E3 was uh, the indies just seem to have a lot of, a lot of good stuff. I really want to go back and, and pay attention and take some notes on on cool indie stuff uh did you guys pay attention to these shows and happen to see anything cool uh, not cool but i th- i think the end of the the pc game show and then like the the world being blown up or day nine got got oh yeah don't they have like their own weird they have their own storyline is- i think day nine might have might have might have died i don't know okay i don't know if that's his way of being like i'm done hosting now or something but i remember that <laughs> is that is it is that sort of like the how in the Devolver one, it was like all the other press conferences were a pitch video yeah. and weren't actually real? You know, it, they, that type of thing. Their storyline. That little E3 gig. <laughs> well, if we don't have anything uh, to, to mention, I'll just say that like, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and look at those shows and see if I can find any cool indie games because I'm sure there was some really great there stuff. There was stuff we published. I know there. that much. Cool. Uh Moving on, uh, I see I accidentally put Ubisoft in here twice. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> with Riders Republic. Steve, do you want to say anything about Riders Republic real quick? <laughs> that we totally I don't, I don't think I had it. I put it in there. I was stoked. Oh, Ben, tell me about Riders Republic. Uh, I'm from the Midwest, so I saw snowboarding and got really excited. 
Uh, oh hell yeah! So I, I feel yeah. that I'm I'm from uh I'm from Vermont, uh the home of Burton yeah, snowboarding. You know so up. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I know what's up with that. I just gotta get excited whenever I see some sort of winter sports thing because we don't get a lot of winter sports games uh anymore. They they had those first person shots of like a bike going down like yeah. a canyon, and I was like, this is giving this is giving me anxiety. <laughs> I need to look away Here from the, the dude, screen. Like, have problems breathing like, as he's going like down this hill like vertically straight down. Uh, also jetpacks and I don't know. And wingsuits? Wingsuits? It it looks like a fun time. Like I'm down to I'm down to play it. Cool. Yeah. Uh all right. Well moving on. Uh, I I put down Capcom and Razor. I think we could probably just skip Resident over that Evil one. 8 DLC, uh, baby. That's cool. It, also, did they say they were not doing Resident Evil 3 DLC or something? Probably. I saw people making fun uh, of that or I'll something. I'll be honest, I didn't even catch that there was Resident Evil 8 DLC, so to me, when I saw everything, I was just like, they're literally just telling us that they're glad Resident Evil 8 came out, and then they moved on to Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah, they are buying our game. We appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Like, that's, that's what I thought. I was like, what are they doing? What is this? Yeah, they, they, they had... It was weird because they, they they showed a trailer for Monster Hunter Stories, which was also at the Summer Games Fest. That one made an appearance also, in multiple yeah, places. We watched that one like three or four times. Yeah, and then they actually like played it on Nintendo during Treehouse, which was cool. But it was like it felt very much like oh, we already gave Nintendo all that stuff, so we don't really have anything to, to show. Amiibo of the Monsties. I mean, you know, I I like Monster Hunter. I don't know I like what they call them. I'm really trying to make more amiibo. Them Give me more Amiibo. Uh, so why don't we just move on to the to the the last big one, which is of course Nintendo. Uh, Evan, tell me about Super Monkey Ball. All right, okay. Here, here's here's the deal, right? That's... I love I love 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 the first two Super Monkey Ball games on GameCube. Some of my favorite games as a kid. Poured countless hours into those games, and all I've wanted for years is for those games to be available on modern platforms. Unfortunately, every Monkey Ball after those games just really wasn't as good. And when they decided to do Banana Blitz as like the game on modern platforms first, I was extremely disappointed. So now that they're coming out and they're giving us the first two games remade, I don't know how it's going to play with the new art style and potentially physics engine. But just the fact that they're doing it makes me extremely excited. (laughs) Um, And I think part of it, too, is like Nintendo has never given a way to give like GameCube virtual console, right? That has never existed. So Monkey Ball has just been trapped on the GameCube for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I'm so excited just to have those games. Like I can play it portably on the Switch. That's another really exciting thing, too, right? You can take those games on the go. I was going to say, we can play Monkey Target anytime, anywhere. And that's what matters. My my dad and I played Monkey Billiards a lot. um, And I'm excited to try that again. I, oh, I just, to me, like, that also just came out of nowhere. Because I was like, I, not that I had no faith in Monkey Ball, but I was kind of like, you know, they go Banana Blitz HD. I thought they'd make a new game after that, but they're remaking the first two. Like, that came out of nowhere. I'm so excited for that. I've, uh, that's, yeah, I'm so excited Say, for Monkey my, Ball. My prediction Mania. coming into E3 was I wanted Crazy Taxi 4. This is mm. like, like a second slot mm. underneath it, getting these Monkey Ball games again. Because, uh, like I said, they're stuck on the, the GameCube. The only thing I need to hear now is that they put Kiryu or Majima into one of the balls as a special you know, character. Well, actually, I don't know if you saw, apparently, like, if you go through, like, the files on the website or something, apparently they're putting Sonic and Tails in balls so you can play Sonic and Tails. I like that. They're cool. It's just going to be, like, a mini Smash Bros. <laughs> That's a in step balls. in the right direction. <laughs> These are definitely notable if? characters from Sega, but what if we got those rowdy dirty yakuza boys <laughs> put them into those into balls and made them run around i i only learned i mean i knew this for a few months but like 
the guy who made Yakuza is the yeah. same dude who made Monkey Ball. It's Nagoshi, baby. That. Yeah, that blew my mind a little bit because I was like, wait a minute. I loved Monkey I, Ball as a kid, and now I love Yakuza. It all That's makes crazy. sense. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Have there been any references in Yakuza games to Monkey Ball? Uh, you can get in the claw machines, you can get all of the monkeys uh, as stuffed animals. Yes. <laughs> There's that. Oh, and also, I think I think RGG is the one doing Banana Mania. Um, I don't know who did the, the, the other Monkey Ball games, but I believe RGG is the one that's doing Banana Mania, which is also exciting because I trust them. Heck yeah. Yeah, RGG is doing a bunch of games. They're doing that when the the Olympics one as yeah, well, they did the, which yeah. also has Sonic and has a, a man dressed as Sonic. Yeah, they did the Virtual Fighter one. That just they're like Sega's like tapping them to do a bunch of like <laughs> ports and remasters, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, Super Monkey Ball. I'm excited for that because I've actually I've actually never played Monkey Ball. But oh really? Right up Dude, my we alley. Should, we should play... Banana Mania is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should play Monkey Target at some point. Dude, I I am down. Uh, Max, tell me about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Things are happening. Res- resident yeah. Breath of the Wild expert. <laughs> well, yeah, we did a lot of uh, breakdowns and whatnot in the information. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously just supporting the hype. It wasn't the only problem with this trailer was it, it didn't show a exact date. It showed a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't show a title. And they did that specifically because the title would have spoiled the the gameplay or spoil some aspects of the game oh. so they specifically hid that so they would hide it my guess is that has something to do with time so reversal of time you know back mm-hmm. in time back to the future whatever i don't know but something <laughs> something like that uh because there are like multiple subtle hints even from the first one that kind of carry over to the second trailer that uh you know like all the music notes are backwards uh, he has a time reversing power the water droplets reversing going upwards in time like all these things are just kind of Amounting to something that we're, you know, uh, has something to do with time. So obviously something to do with that. But uh, besides that, like you know, the the two versions of Link is really intriguing. Um, they like there's there's so many different parts that they have not stitched together in these trailers that it's really hard to put things together. And like that's mm. why game theorists and and Zelda theorists are just like kind of making all these crazy theories up because there's really nothing concrete that you can make from this so (laughs) I guess it did a good job of uh you know making a teaser trailer because this is definitely a teaser if anything but uh yeah just just huge hype for sure yeah do we feel like the dream of getting to play as Zelda is dashed I mean when they showed her like falling down the cliff I was like oh there goes that Zelda's (laughs) dead I'm sure she's (laughs) there was that part of me now it's a legend of Link that's that's why they hit the, the trailer. Oh, no. Now Zelda's dead, so it's now it's a legend of Link. <laughs> there Properly, was a, there was a part of me that was like, because when every time when they were showing after that, they were showing like Link. It was always from behind, so you never quite saw his face. I'm like, ah, that could mm. be Zelda secretly <laughs> disguised as Link. That's a pretty She's manly looking Zelda, before. but uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, oh, yeah, I'm, this will lots of this, excitement for sure. Maybe it's like a like an older Link with like a beard, like a future Link, you know, and like younger you know. Uh, t- Tam was mentioning that, and that's already well partially dashed. He might have a mustache, but that that beard theory has gone out the window because I looked at it, and, and you can see a, a part of his chin and his clean. Oh, so. gross! Damn, uh, damn it! But Link with a mustache, though. Link with a mustache. I mean, they also could. They have done it in trailers in the past of other games and stuff where they kind of omitted stuff. Yeah, like you know, Photoshop's okay. it Eternal for the mutton chops, though. Yeah, you still have mutton chops. <laughs> oh God, like Red Dead style. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's just lots of excitement. I think. Um, what else is in that trailer? Uh, oh, yeah, the time reverse. I mean, like, I'm the combat guy, so, like, that 
that one shot in the trailer is probably what like half of my excitement was was the time reverse mechanic and like actually seeing it in action again we don't know if you like actually can move around while the thing is going back in time because that would just be you know glitch glitch tastic stuff right there i'm sure it's something <laughs> to you know, figure out some mechanics after that um but yeah just lots of ideas not much concrete still after these two uh these two teasers so we'll just have yeah. to wait for the next teaser it's, it's still pretty far out though i mean like they're some people were expecting like oh that's gonna be their big 2021 game and it's it is not yeah so and yeah. you know like probably making it for the next uh you know like holiday season as well to to get that big blowout so i think i don't think it's gonna be early next year yeah and i think you know the the reason like i'm wasn't particularly excited about that trailer is because i feel like i'm not super into the way they've just kind of given information about this game where it was like 2019 happened with a teaser which is like, oh, that's exciting. I remember the time, because Max and I did a breakdown of that trailer too. We were like, oh, this might be like a Majora's Mask situation where they're taking like all that development time of Breath of the Wild and just turning mm-hmm. it into a sequel. Two years of silence, only to come back with another cryptic teaser. And I'm in the camp where it's like, I love Zelda. Like, whatever this is, like, I have complete faith that it'll be excellent and I will buy it day one. But these cryptic teasers just don't do anything for me anymore. I'm just like, uh, you know, like, I'm excited for this game, but this trailer, you're right, it did just nothing. Give me it. Yeah, like, I'm excited for when we get the official reveal of, like, yeah, the, the title and, like, this is the gameplay mechanics and this is how it's different from Breath of the Wild. The one thing I will say about that trailer that is interesting, a lot of at least visual connections to Skyward Sword. I'm curious if the if they're really re-releasing Skyward Sword on Switch for a very specific reason, if they were like, maybe it's mm. a good idea to do this so that it connects to this, because... I think someone said, and I kind of like the idea of like, because Skyward Sword's the first thing in the in the timeline. If this time travel thing exists, maybe the sky stuff's even before Skyward Sword, um, and it's like somehow it's the both the beginning and end of the timeline. I mean, um, you do drop. Oh, in. that was yeah, that was me. I was making was that you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was joking, but well, I mean, yeah, like the the isn't the whole thing that like Breath of the Wild is like all the timelines yes. converge it's 10,000 so, years like, later and all three have converged cuz they're like we give up like fuck the timeline this is how it ends that's some real like dark souls 3 shit right there where like all of time is just colliding in on itself so i mean yeah i'm i'm all for it yeah i mean i'm 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 hoping that they have a bunch of new stuff because the the the, the worrying thing for me is personally is like you know the majora's ask majora's mask asked it turnaround where they have everything already ready there ready to go they just need to add on to it and the the small snippets we saw of hyrule are basically the same pretty much right. I mean, a couple, couple things here and there it's like okay what are you even doing like like this looks pretty much the same like how, where's the work going into because the islands are you know fairly small compared to like the whole map of right. hyrule so like how many of these islands are there how much work is put into these islands like five years for a couple of islands in the sky is, is not that much again this is just a teaser so it's my there's probably a whole bunch of stuff later on but as, as of right now this teaser kind of let me down like work to time wise of what we've yeah. seen so far i'm with you there and it's uh again give the developers all the time that they need i want them to make the best possible the game they can give them the benefit of the doubt i just i kind of wish it wasn't revealed in 2019 i think that was the biggest thing where it's like two years later they probably felt some sort of obligation to say something when maybe they just really didn't have a lot even to show two years later because COVID might have impacted development or maybe they were working on it and they were like, what about all these other cool ideas we want to do? Because I think that's what happened with the original Breath of the Wild. It was supposed to come out in like 2014 and then 2015 and then 2016 and then 2017 because they kept coming up with even cooler things to do. So I, I think the biggest problem was just them. They revealed it too early and maybe they were planning to release yeah. it 2020 all along, but it's just unfortunate things work out the way they did in that respect. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, but moving on to the other big game that they showed was Metroid Dread, which you'll have to forgive me. I need to gush about this one because this is probably my personal favorite game that they showed here at E3 uh, because I am a huge fan of those like classic 2D Metroids. I also love Metroid Prime, but I, I feel like this was the perfect way to be like, hey guys, we know we don't have Metroid Prime 4. We're sorry, but don't worry, Metroid 5. It's happening. We're bringing it back. Uh, because, I mean, like the last proper 2D Metroid was Fusion, which was, oh, well, it was like 2001. a long time ago. It was really long, really long time ago. Uh, and that was Metroid 4. And it was like, that's the last in the Metroid timeline. And you know, it was the dream of a of a proper 2D Metroid felt dead for a while. And then, you know, a few years ago, uh, they did the remake of, of uh, Samus uh, of Metroid 2, uh, Samus Returns. And that was a very excellent game, but it was also on the 3DS. And uh, I feel like it didn't get its due. Uh, I still really hope that they eventually port that to the Switch because more people should play that game because it's really good. Uh but I'm really and, and and then they were like kind of so the end of that game actually like teases fusion, which was cool. And there was sort of rumors that they were going to maybe remake fusion next. I like that they instead were like, nah, man, let's just go right into a sequel to fusion. We're going to make five. They're carrying over a lot of the mechanics uh, from returns, the the kind of the melee stuff and the full 360 aim, which I really like that. I thought it uh made the games like combat uh feel like fresh and more frenetic in a way that metroid never has uh and i am i'm all in i'm all in on this like they're they're bringing back um sort of the like stalker enemy mechanics of fusion they're adding their own stuff to it like i'm oh, i'm just so i'm so on board i'm so on board for more metroid like i'm Thank you, Nintendo, for actually caring about Metroid <laughs> for once. <laughs> for, for, for once in your for lives. For once they in your lives. They definitely do care because they scrapped that old project that supposedly was bad. And yeah. So, yeah. Like, well, well I mean, that's the other crazy part is that it's called Metroid Dread, which is the name of a canceled Metroid 5 that they were working on like back in 2004, 2006, I think. The fact that they are like, they kept the name is like... I don't. Yeah, calling it that's crazy to <laughs> calling me. it Metroid Dread and calling it Metroid Five. I mean, it's it's both. Like they know. Well, what I don't. Doing. Totally. They know. They know what that invokes. I don't know, you know? if you watched the. They like, did like a developer interview with like the main creator guy, and he said that that this is like like the at the the Emmy like the aspect of the thing chasing you was something he wanted to do in the original Metroid Dread, but the technology wasn't up to par, so they scrapped it. Right. And then they tried again yes. a few years later, and they scrapped it. But then after Mercury Steam did Samus Returns, they were like, let's trust them to do this. So in some ways, like this is that original project. It's not like yeah. these are separate. Yeah. Conceptually, yeah, like yeah. They- Which is cool. That that That's awesome. Like, I, I love that they they were willing to be like, yeah, we can we can finally make this vision a reality. We can make that original game that everyone wanted to make. Uh, and t- to go a little bit lore nerd, I was reading a preview right before we started recording from Kevin, and it's it's embargoed for tomorrow, so by the time this comes out, it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there was a part in there that it was, it was they were they're being very uh, upfront with saying like this this is co- sort of closing the book on on this story that we've been following this entire time of Samus, like encountering the Metroids and then having the baby Metroid. And then oh, you know, like that, that, that through line that's been going through and, but they haven't really described why and why these robots are chasing you. But there was a, mo- a part in there where they talked about um, these robots were initially dispatched to collect DNA samples. But for some reason 
now they are like bloodthirsty mm. monster robots. And it's like, well, let's see. It's called Metroid. It's closing It's closing sort of the, the book on this whole chapter of uh, this through line of, of Metroids being this thing that sort of corrupts the galaxy in, the, in different ways. And these robots that were dispatched to collect DNA were suddenly corrupted and uh, driven crazy. Um, I'm, I'm just really interested to see how where that goes and how they sort of like close the book on Metroid necessarily being about literal Metroid. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, totally. Because in the Metroid universe at that point, there are no more Metroids. They're all gone. Uh, except mm-hmm. for Samus, who actually has Metroid DNA in her and is like kind of this sort of human Metroid hybrid. She's kind of turned into that. And like, I like that they're carrying that over. Like the suit design kind of carries that over because it's like, Oh, the suit design is so Yeah. Cool. They're like, they're like <laughs> evolving the fusion suit. Cause the whole thing with the fusion suit was that it was like, she specifically had to work because of her DNA. Like she isn't compatible with her like original various suit anymore. And I like that they're carrying that over. So yeah, it's like, Maybe they're attacking her because she's got that Metroid DNA in her and she's the last link to the Metroids. And so mm. they're like, we got to uh, eliminate Samus. Hmm. Um, That's a cool idea. Yeah, like yeah I'm I'm I think it's just so cool that they're they're willing to not only just like go back to making a 2D Metroid, but they're like, yeah, we're going to go back to that original like storyline that we, you know, stopped a de- like two decades ago um I, I just think that's so cool <laughs> the only thing that sucks is that you can't play metroid fusion right now on any modern platforms yes that does <laughs> suck i i agree they said they were gonna have like a little bit of a uh like a title card thing that kind of like explains the backstory yeah. but I, I i agree from a like hey metroid fusion's pretty dope and you should play metroid fusion it's a really good game the, all those metroid games um like like fusion and zero suit and you know obviously super metroid those games all hold up extremely well you can like totally play them and they just they still feel good they don't feel dated at all so i if you know if they want to put that on the switch somehow they should do that <laughs> game boy online Right after the prime, the the prime trilogy collection, we'll get right on it. <laughs> uh, uh, but there were some other stuff Nintendo announced. Uh, ben, tell me about No More Heroes. Oh, it wasn't even in the show. It was just like a thirty minute gameplay thing afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, No More Heroes. No, No More Heroes. But it was there if you wanted to find it. But I'm just really excited to have more Travis Touchdown. I love that that lovable idiot. Um, the combat looks good. Uh, it. He's got all of his dumb jokes. He's he's still doing what he does, and he's fighting aliens. Uh, you should, if you're curious, you should look up that that thirty minute walkthrough and and check it out. But uh, also, well, how about instead you tell me about Danganronpa? Then? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's on the Switch now. Everyone, go play Danganronpa. This is just me telling you to play games that I like because they showed up during this thing. Play play no more heroes. It's on the PC and the Switch. Uh, play Danganronpa because now we're getting uh one two v three. And a read-on version of the board game from uh from two. I didn't take the one from V three. I think it's it's from two, but uh, it's it it actually looks really cool and really fleshed out. But uh, some of the best visual novels you can play with uh moments that can only be done in video games and are entirely worth all of your time. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll yell. Just play them. <laughs> if you like murderous teddy bears, yeah, murderous oh teddy bears and murderous children. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I yeah. promised Ben and Callie years ago, like, yeah, I'll eventually get down in Dongarop. I just really, I would really prefer to play it on Switch. And, and you know what? 
the time has come. I have to pay it's, up. It's happening. So I, I have no choice. It's, it's I, I think it'll it'll work out really well on the Switch. It should be a, a good time. But uh It's yeah. very dark. I've only played the first I, one, but it's very I dark. wish I could talk more about it, but I can't I don't want to spoil anything. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, moving on to another big game they showed. They showed a lot of actually. They showed a trailer and then they had a lot of gameplay of it. Uh, Evan, tell me about Shin Megami Tensei Five. So yeah, you're another Tokyo Japanese high school student. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> you're another high school student from Japan, and you enter this mysterious mm-hmm. world, and you get this long, uh, flowing blue hair, and you do some turn-based yeah. combat, and you know the the world is really dark and satanic, and they're like, hey, uh, you know sorry we're gonna blow up the world again and it's like all right so uh, you make friends with demons admittedly i have not looked too much into smt5 and i did not get a chance to watch the treehouse segment of it um oh okay my only exposure to shimagami tensei is i played the the three remaster when it came out recently i didn't finish it unfortunately but i played a little bit of that um honestly i need to i need to look into smt5 more i think the the first thing that stuck out to me is that like I feel like it's very hard to go backwards in a in a post Persona Five world. Persona Five did so many things to just make things more engaging, both like in the gameplay yeah. and visually. And I think that like just seeing it go back to just like a generic looking menu, I get that SMT is different from Persona, but I was like, I don't know, like I, something that made Persona Five so special to me was how just visually exciting the gameplay was like it, it was turn-based combat but it didn't feel like it a lot of the time felt like you were really part of the action so to see smt5 just kind of go with a basic menu structure felt I, a little disappointing i know what you mean it, it's less like going backwards and more like those games just kind of like verged into two separate tracks but on like the persona track they did make some like pretty significant advancements in terms of like just the flow of combat that like yeah maybe the smt games haven't quite gotten it was weird because um my brother pointed this out to me uh, a lot of the menu design is actually taken straight up from um uh shin megami tensei's uh the sharp fe game that they did oh um, what? the, the fire emblem one? Uh, it's like yeah the fire emblem crossover game like a lot of the menu design is just like ripped from huh. that game and i was like he was like that's weird and i was like oh uh-huh. like yeah that is interesting like i wonder why they they did that um but i mean I'm sold just on like the aesthetic alone. Like I, I really love because it's like you got the all the demons from like Persona, but in like Persona where it's like very anime looking. This they have that like uh, uh, very like detailed texture, like shading. It kind of reminds you of um like a less ugly version of like a uh, what's that one game? But Jump Force, you know, where like Jump Force was trying to go for like a hyper real. Yeah, yeah anime Mm. look but it looked bad like this is like a good version of that right where it's like oh okay it's like persona but it's got this like kind of more like textured uh look to like the demons and and uh i love the just sort of like the desert aesthetic of it uh i'm with you on the combat where i'm like ah it doesn't look like it has quite the like you know flair of a persona but i mean I'm, i'm willing to give it a chance based on you know they're doing all the things right you still got all the staples of the combat you're talking to demons you're making deals with them to get them um i i want to know like know more of the story obviously like that's probably the big selling point yeah. but uh heck i'm all in on on yeah, smt I was, man. I, was say, I actually put it on the list but uh is i'm just excited for it the same reason i'm excited for tales i i i feel like I'm, I'm ready to like jump into all these really cool grpgs i haven't played i'm really excited to play smt3 and i'm really excited to play this what about you max have you ever played a smt game or have any interest in those I have not. 
And, uh, you know, like, my roommates have constantly nagged me to keep playing Persona 5, and I've continued to fall off, and I feel terrible because everybody loves that game, and I, I just <laughs> haven't caught on as much as I, as I wanted to into that universe, but um, I think maybe one day I will. Just, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. Well, maybe maybe 5 will, will be the jumping off point. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Steve, tell me about Advance Wars. Oh, Advance Wars is great. Uh, <laughs> moving on, no, uh, Advance Wars. <laughs> Advance Wars was a uh, you know a series of turn-based strategy games on the Game Boy Advance. It was it was like cute and and accessible in a in a way that a lot of other strategy games usually aren't. Um, and it's cool that they're they're bringing it back. It, this is um, as far as I understand, like a compilation of the first two, but sort of remade in this new engine. Um, but it's really cool that I didn't notice during the presentation, but when they had the treehouse afterwards, I noticed because there was more screen time on it it they're presenting it like it's a tabletop board game <laughs> like there's there's like a wooden border around it and then that way that that's why the the little 3d models are like sticking up out of the the board and stuff um i mean i i just loved advanced wars and I'm, i'll i'll play them again they'll feel new to me because i haven't played them in years uh so i don't mind that they're remakes yeah I, i'm i've never played in advanced wars but i'm uh i'm very excited to because everyone just seems like everyone was losing their minds over it in, in a way that was just like getting me hyped of like, oh, okay, like Advance Wars, yeah, let's do it. And, and you know, there's been a lot of really good tactic games over the years that uh, kind of had a renaissance for that genre. And it feels like those games very much are paying homage uh, to games like Advance Wars. So I'm, and I like those games a lot. So I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. It looks really cute. I like the art style a lot. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with the uh original so i don't know like how faithful they are but i i personally was like yeah this looks looks really good it, it looks like a straight up remake it's very you know it's the same grid based thing right. i'm sure it's probably just the same placement of units and everything but uh the the thing that i think nintendo really excels at and this is you know common knowledge i'm not saying anything groundbreaking here but but it, at the time they made advance wars it was somewhat new that they would do this is like take this genre that's um sort of heady and advanced and like for you know hardcore quote unquote gamers and like just strip it down to the fun parts and be like, let's just make it fun and accessible and, you know, easy to jump into. And that's, that's what advanced wars always felt like to me. It's like, they took, you know, something that's, that's really complicated. That's, that's, uh, that's hard to get into sometimes. And they put this sort of cute, accessible spin on it. Um, all of the different heroes have their own, like special powers that they can access. Um, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I almost feel like they're, uh, like testing the waters with this and seeing if there's more interest in the series. Hopefully there yeah, is. I hope so. You make an actual yeah. proper sequel, but yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, the last big one they had was WarioWare, which uh, ju- I mean, it's WarioWare. I'm, Hell yeah! I love me a good WarioWare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that they're continuing off of the previous WarioWare lore, where um, it's Wario's has his own game company and he's making his own yeah, video game. Gotta make some money with his wacky friends. <laughs> with his wacky friends, <laughs> like. Well, the the one thing about this trailer is that they gave Warrior Wario like a paragraph to speak. It was like he was giving a TED talk, which is like <laughs> like too much dialogue for Wario. Well, like the, 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 uh, the last one, it was literally like Wario being like, I got to get on this video game thing. Like, you know, I got this money to be had here. I kind of wish they'd like, I want them to really lean into that where like Wario was like trying to put microtransactions into the game. Or he's trying to make like a live service elements. And he's like, we got it. The Loot most self aware Wario. <laughs> I wonder if Charles Martinet, um, that was that was probably his longest monologue with Wario he's ever done. 
Maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot. Wario <laughs> probably is the most talkative of, of all the Charles Marnay uh Mario characters, I would say. Uh he like talks a weird amount <laughs> in his <laughs> games, which is interesting. Um and uh lastly I see Evan put it in. Uh, of course, the biggest thing from the uh, <laughs> Nintendo Showcase, the Game & Watch Zelda, uh, which was their, like, uh, they were very upfront about it of, like, hey, sorry, we don't have any other games in development on the Switch for the 30th anniversary, so here's this Game & Watch thing. Uh, how yeah, do you I, feel about that, Evan? So I was, this is my fault, but I was so convinced Wind Waker <laughs> HD and Twilight Princess HD was going to happen. I mean, it seemed like such an obvious choice. Like, it's a Wii U port. It's one of the only Wii U ports yeah. they haven't done yet. Like, why have they waited so long? Oh, maybe because the 35th anniversary would be the perfect place to put it. So I was convinced. And, you know, they didn't do it in the February Direct. I was like, all right, E3, we're going to get a big blowout for Zelda's 35th. And also after Mario's 35th, I thought a Zelda 35th celebration would make a lot of sense. So I appreciate that Onuma did just outright say we have no plans for any sort of, like, campaigns or any sort of future Switch like 35th anniversary games yeah and yeah i mean the game watch zelda is i think cute the interesting thing about it which i like is that i think that's the first time they've re-released the original Link's awakening every re-release on virtual console has been the dx version from the game boy color this is mm. the first time that they're actually releasing oh. the original game boy like green version which i've never played because it was only ever available in the original game boy cartridge um so i think that part of it is really really cool um and i'm definitely gonna get it for that reason alone but yeah the the note 35th stuff i think was was disappointing and i think like there's so many nintendo anniversaries this year and to see nintendo not really acknowledge a lot of them is also a little sad just because i think nintendo games have such significance like it's cool that we're getting a new metroid game but just like no mention of like hey you know, like this is Metroid's year. And there's also, you know, Pikmin's 20th, Kid Icarus's 35th, Donkey Kong's 40th. I mean, Donkey Kong's the one that started it all. I'd love a Donkey Kong. <laughs> and he didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nintendo has historically been very selective of what they choose to like, you know, because I mean, it would have been really easy for them to just say, hey, it's Metroid's, you know, anniversary, you know, Metroid five. Like they could have just said that and it would have been like fine. Like, but it's weird that they don't even like acknowledge Acknowledge that the anniversary is there. Like they they're very, very weirdly selective about that stuff. Um, And I understand that, like, you know, they have so many properties at this point that all and a lot of them have anniversaries in the same year that it's like they can't feasibly celebrate them all but it the the fact that they're so uh selective about when they do choose to acknowledge an anniversary is is like yeah it's a little off-putting i kind of agree with you it's it's just the effort difference because like you know at this point i feel like zelda was definitely like the redheaded stepchild at this point like there's so much effort put into the mario anniversary like so much merchandise and and games I mean, and ports and whatnot, and, and Zelda got, you know, uh, hi, here's this. Uh, but Metroid, I mean, Metroid's the real... And Metroid, that's Metroid right. never got any. Hey, there's, there's, that, there's that classic uh, comic of, um, of like, I think it's, like, Mario and Link being, like, lifted up and, like, celebrating their birthdays, and then it cuts to, like, Samus, like, with, like, a little party popper, and there's, like, a little baby Metroid, and they have, like, a one little cake... By, and they're just Aww. sitting there by themselves, and you're like, oh. Everyone's doing better than the Metroid. Four F Zero fans, though. They got to watch Captain Falcon get thrown oh, off a cliff by Kazuya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That trailer for um for t- uh Tekken, well, uh, 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 yeah, in Smash. Uh, 
so yeah. good so good oh, yeah. i mean smash trailers are just cameo characters murdering Nintendo <laughs> yes characters. they did the volcano <laughs> yeah, it's thing so good. oh, oh it's, yeah. it's so good and, and then the, like the kirby oh, one and then kirby the kirby one like you knew exactly what was gonna happen like i was like oh they're gonna kirby's gonna then float away. everyone watched exactly that. what i wanted yeah it's so good the game and watch thing to go back to that for just a second like it's 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 very silly that this thing exists like it feels more it feels bigger than the Mario one because it's like, oh, it's Mario and the Lost Levels, which is like, right. okay, those are both like fairly short. But like, I think I've probably bought Link's Awakening like conservatively like five times <laughs> in my life. Like, like it's one of my favorite Zelda games. And I'm like, do I am I going to buy like a dedicated device so that I can like uncomfortably play <laughs> Link's Awakening again? And the answer is yes, because <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Because that's the, Nintendo knows they can count on people like me to be like, okay, fine. Here's my fifty dollars. <laughs> I also have to imagine that's not uh, a terribly hard thing to make either, because it's like, you know, they got yeah. the shell. I mean, it's already. like a little emulation box. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> Raspberry Pi or an emulation. They already got like the the shells made. They just got to change the color. They don't even have to really light the screen up that much because of those games. Like that's. That's got to be, not to say there's like no effort into it. I'm not trying to like diss them on that, but I imagine that that is a like relatively like easy thing for them to put together well, the, um, um, in, in a pinch. The interesting thing is, I can't speak for Friday morning when this goes up, but like at least right now on Wednesday, you can still pre-order that Zelda game watch from every retailer that did not sell out at all. But something like the Metroid oh, Special wow. Edition, in a heartbeat, because they probably didn't make nearly as many, but yeah, yeah, like in a heartbeat, that was gone. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Evan for uh, helping me get one, by the way. Uh, Evan was was in the chat, like, adding people who were like, oh, I would really like one. He was, like, adding me and adding Jordan, like, all right, go, 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 go. It's up on Games, uh, GameStop. And I was like, yes. Every time as a was- Nintendo event, I always got to turn on notifications for Wario 64, Nintendo deals, like, all of these Twitter accounts. And then, like, the minute Max and I were literally recording the trailer breakdown for Breath of the Wild 2, and I stopped at one point. I was like, Max, I need a real quick. I need a pre-order. Uh, Made the, recording. Yeah, I, know, like, I need to pre-order Metroid Special Edition in the Amiibo and the uh, Zelda Game Watch. You should have left that in. I would have loved, like, I, I needed, like, it cuts to, like, you on a URL, clicking. <laughs> but you can hear the fumbling of you pulling out your wallet. Like, <laughs> no, See, the night before, I was smart. I put all my address and credit card info in all the accounts. I deleted them later. But uh, the night before, I was like, all right, all this information. That's is, the way to do it. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Everyone knows what's up. Well, all right, that was Nintendo, and that was kind of the last big thing, but I do want to quickly highlight our uh, GameSpot Play for All showcase. That was a special thing that we did uh, as a partnership with The Mix. Uh, the Mix is is uh, a uh, organization that we've actually teamed up with for a while, I want to say up to like five years now. Uh, with E3, we always highlight a bunch of uh, indie games that they have partnered with. Um, to show off on our stage show. So this year we we put together like an hour-long presentation. Uh, Tamor Hussein was heavily involved with that and picking them. And it was a combination of a bunch of trailers. Plus uh, Tamor interviewed um, the devs talking about it. And it was cool. It was, it was a fun, uh, it was cool to have our own showcase where we got to kind of like, you know, have our own presence. We got to show off some cool indie games. Um, you know, I, I really liked uh, a few of them. Uh, El Paso Elsewhere, which was... Uh, Apparently inspired, the devs said they were inspired by the Die Hard video game, which is excellent. Uh, I love that. That's so good. What a pull. Uh, there was also Soup Pot, which is sort of a cooking game um, that you that's uh, all about uh, Filipino food, actually. And uh, that's super cool. I know Michael was stoked yeah. on that one. Um, 
And then, of course, uh, She Dreams Elsewhere, which is a uh, really, really cool um, uh, kind of uh, trippy RPG inspired by games like uh, Earthbound uh, that's coming out that looks fantastic. Um, uh, Michael actually uh, first informed me about it last year at PAX. He went and saw that and was just like talking it up. And I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And everything I've seen about it looks uh, super cool. So uh, that was a really cool one to get to show off. But uh, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to check out that showcase, um, you should go check that out because uh, it was really cool. And like Tam got to do all these great interviews and we got to show off some games. So uh, yeah. Yeah, Bright Memory is pretty look cool looking too because I know that game was pretty much a one-man team. Actually, it was, it was one person making that game like many years ago right. and it got taken over. And yes. that game looks pretty cool. It looks pretty crazy. I don't know what is going on in that game, but it looks really amazing. <laughs> yeah, Bright um, Memory. That was a, a one a trailer we revealed uh, on uh, Wednesday. Uh, which is today where we're recording, but uh, as part of our uh, Games for All, uh, Play for All, uh, day one um, live stream that we did, we, we've showed a bunch of cool like trailers. And yeah, Bright Memory, that game looks crazy and cool. And I I, I definitely want to play uh, that when that comes out. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, by the time that this uh, podcast is up, all of that stuff has been over. We're done with live streams. I'm done with live streams. But you have a whole I'm, other week of live me- streams. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to, we'll get to the next week uh it's actually very exciting i'm just i'm a little tired um just need some time to breathe but, i just need some time to breathe and then i'm back in it i'm back in it uh but yeah i it has been a crazy week uh and i do want to take an opportunity to shout out everyone who is involved specifically in those live streams um first off tomorrow and, and lucy were pretty much hunkered down all week they were on every live stream we've done for the past eight days and they are working in the uk on crazy hours their their sleep schedule is all out of whack because of that uh so i mean they are the real mvps as far as i'm concerned with that stuff like huge shout out to them and then everyone else who showed up as well um jordan uh showed up on the live stream uh phil hornshaw uh persia showed up uh kurt showed up uh kurt was the closeout crew uh he brought his manic energy to the show which was great uh, so huge shout out to all of our hosts, uh, and our hosts also were involved in a lot of the interviews that we put up and I want to give a huge shout out to, uh, Max and Evan and, uh, David Amati, who, uh, helped me out, uh, producing those. There was a lot of coordination with that. And you guys were there to, uh, help make sure those interviews happened. Um, and then of course, you know, our fantastic editing team, uh, Richard Lee, uh, Dave Klein, uh, Chris Morris, all helped edit those. I'm just going to pretty much name everyone who's <laughs> on the video team at GameSpot at this point. Um, they're all great, but they're all great, and it's a, that's what I love about E3. It's a real team effort. So, uh, and of course, I can't forget to mention Eric Tay, who's just been like holding down the fort uh, on these live streams, running around, uh, making sure nothing's on fire, and setting everything up. Uh, everyone's doing a fantastic job, and uh, of course, I'll I'll just say it now because I've already said all the video team. Everyone on editorial, of course, you guys have all been killing it. Um, Steve, you guys have all been doing fantastic with that stuff and deserve some some well-earned rest, uh, which, yeah. So, you know what? If you get a chance and you're listening to this, uh, go go give a shout-out to uh, all the wonderful people at GameSpot uh, for all their hard work they've done. Because, you know what? They've worked their asses off to cover some dang video games. They They deserve some praise and they deserve some rest. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I think that is a show. Before we wrap up, 
uh oh my gosh we're at two hours oh, <laughs> crap uh <laughs> i wanted to keep this one brief but uh e3, yeah. i guess it makes sense Evan, you're cool, <laughs> right? You're yeah, I'll edit this. Kindness. No problem. I, it's all right, good. all right. Don't Evan worry about it. I, we yeah, had a good time. Yeah, we had a fun time, and that's all that matters. Evan's smiling. I can. He's he's definitely about it. He's not uh, giving me dagger eyes underneath. He doesn't feel any remorse whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> if we just trim out square and gearbox, I think we can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do what the ESA didn't, and we'll get rid of not, square. And... Not every conference <laughs> needs a segment. Not every conference needed a place in the show. It could have been an email. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sticking all the way through, wonderful audience. Uh, it's been a hell of an E3. And uh, yeah, again, I think we're all just going to go uh, take a well-earned rest. But that doesn't mean we're done as uh, Evan, I believe Evan, it was you who brought it up. Uh, next week. We have our Play for All charity stuff that we're doing. Uh, that is going to be tomorrow and Lucy, who have been working together with a bunch of uh, fantastic uh, folks. And they're going to be setting... I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to say who's on yet, so I'm not going to. Um, but it's some cool people. Uh, and they're going to be uh, streaming all next week uh, for Able Gamers. Uh, and so that is going to be really exciting. Uh, definitely, definitely come check that out raise money for a good cause, have a good time on the streams. And I mean, yeah, just, you know, come hang out with us. It should be a good time. Yeah. You guys excited for that? Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. That's for real. This is the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching. And we will see you next time. As always here on GameSpot After Dark for episode 99. Oh my god, we're almost at 100. Jeez. 98. I thought it was 98. No, no, no. Today's 98, <laughs> but I'm saying they'll come back next time for 99. Uh, no one even got no, to plug anything. And... <laughs> oh no, I didn't plug you. Oh, reel it back. Roll it back. Hold on. Benjanka, where could the people uh, find Unfortunately, you? people can find me on Twitter.com at Benjanka. I don't do much of anything besides post about Ziv and really bad jokes, but I appreciate it if you came along on the journey. Excellent. Uh, 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 Evan, what's going on? I'm, I'm in, I've inherited Kirk's manic closeout crew energy. It. No, Kurt's, Kurt's, I love Kurt. Kurt's the best. Um, hi, I'm Evan Langer. You could find me on Twitter.com at EvanLanger98 because I was born in 1998. In terms of stuff to plug, I pulled up a list on my phone real quick of videos lately that have come out. It's a little late, but you can check out Steve's excellent review of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart that I did the video version hey. for. You can check out all of the excellent guides on GameSpot.com that I helped out with for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. If you want the Krager Bears or the Spybots or the Gold Bolts, whatever you're after. You can check out Max and I did a trailer breakdown of the Breath of the Wild sequel trailer. You can check that out on GameSpot.com. And as John Luke mentioned, there's tons of developer interviews going up that are happening with the Play for a Live show that I helped do production on. I did one with Pete Hines with more. I did one with Nintendo with Bill Trinan and Nate Bildorf. They're all great. You should watch all of them. All right, I'm good. All right, love it. Uh, Max, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Rin Harasagi. The S is a five. I don't know why I did that, but it is. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild. If you need to know stuff about that, I'm there. Uh, my half-dead Twitter, but uh, yeah, you can find me there if you need to hit me up. Fantastic. And Steve, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, I am everywhere at uh, Sporky Reeve. Uh, it's a name so stupid that no one has taken it anywhere else. Love it. Uh, so <laughs> wherever I go, I, I'm assured that I can sign up and, and grab hey, that. Hey, man, name. you got that brand. Um, that's that's good. It's, yeah, Spork, Y-R-E-E-V-E. -E -E. um, so I'm on there on Twitter, uh, and if you, for some reason, want to add me on like Xbox or whatever, I'm I'm 
the same username everywhere. Uh, and I recently, we talked a little bit about indie games here. Um, and I wrote a sort of think, think piece uh, type article about um, why indie games are getting sort of more of a chance to shine this year with this sort of smaller, all digital E3. It's, it's letting uh, indie rooms have room to, indie games have room to breathe. So that's sort of the, the latest big thing I've done. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Totally right. Uh, indie games have gotten a chance to shine. Uh, all right, that for real. This is the actual ending of this podcast now. Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye.